Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Bigfoot Club. Robert Jesse Dominguez, Ash Tucker, Chris Collins, Stephen Robert Dominguez, Earl the Pearl Kennedy. Believe in us, believe in Bigfoot Club, because we are too sweet. Hey everybody. Bigfoot Club Season 2, Episode 21. With me today is Ash and Steven. Hey guys, how's it going? How's it going? Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> pretty. We're both waiting for the other one to answer. <laughs> uh, we had to think about it. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's been, what, two weeks yeah. since, since we did a show? Long, Steven, how, how long has it been since, since you did a show? Uh, I feel like it's been, what, three weeks? Three weeks? Three or four okay. weeks? You were before Brad Freeman, right? And uh, Cecilia. You didn't do Cecilia, right? Cecilia, Crazy Cat Paranormal? No. Uh, no. 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 Okay. And it's just me. Yeah, it was just you. Okay. <clears throat> so yeah. I just wanted to, t- I wanted to start off the show with last week. Um, I was in South Dakota. South Dakota. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> And uh, I got a, I got some messages from people uh, with Pentex, and they was uh, referring to a person that's in South Texas that runs a group. I'm not going to say his name or his group's name, but he was stepping down as the founder of the group, and his sister was taking over, and they were messaging me, and like I didn't even ask for this information; they were just giving it to me. Somebody in Pentex, and then I had another person from Pentex message me, and I was in like in a hotel. And mm-hmm. I know you guys. I didn't. I didn't tell you about the. I didn't tell about this incident until I got back. Yeah. But uh, this other person was messaging me that hey, what was I aware of this? And like earlier in the week, somebody on another Facebook group had posted some that somebody was acting in, inappropriately in the paranormal field in Texas. Right. So, so apparently. Um, I talked to a couple other people from Pentex, from Pentex, and uh, I couldn't, for some reason, I, uh, I'm not going to say who they are, but I was just talking to them as well, and they were, um, so when I was in, I was in the hotel, uh, I was, I was getting these texts and I was getting these messages about this person in our group that was a part of another group that was acting inappropriate, like uh, sending, I guess, um, women members like texts and messages and stuff and so the next day i got up i called i called brad freeman i didn't message i just called him Mm -hmm. i said hey man i'm in south dakota i don't have time to look through all this stuff read all these messages can you just investigate this and this guy is really doing all this stuff get him out of the group whatever so and you know brad did a really good job uh really good job job. (laughs) (laughs) he did a really good job in uh of mm. of this guy that was um messaging these women and it was like it was pretty bad yeah it was pretty bad any any thoughts on that uh yeah i'm glad that it didn't happen to me yeah and haven't been 
as I'm sure every single person of my gender and outside of it as well, too, you know, I've gotten plenty of unsolicited things like that. You know, it's not okay. You know, um, to a certain extent, I'm pretty sure in this state that it's illegal yeah. to do things like that, you know. Steven? Yeah, I, I I just think it's very unprofessional that uh, this person did that. Um, and I I don't know, people like that, that, that work so hard on, make I guess, making a little, whether it was a side thing or a career, uh, something he's passionate about, Yeah, he took advantage of it, and he took advantage of the people that probably looked up to him, and that kind of just, it just... Right. He's going to be he's going to be now known as that guy instead of yeah. that um, um, well, a paranormal researcher. He should have thought about that because yeah. he, he you know people like that seek out positions of power so that they can exploit those below them to yeah. get their own personal needs met. I mean, I'm just shooting right. I'm shooting a dart like in the dark, but I'm 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 willing to bet that he wasn't popular. Yeah. And then he got this role and he's got, mm-hmm. you know, some status and then he just took advantage of it, which was super uncool. And, Absolutely. And so uh Brad Brad took Brad and Lauren Gonzalez, they uh they actually X this guy out of the group, like before I made it back from South Dakota. Told me he goes, It's done. I go, Cool. And then um whenever um that happened, I I went on I was in the hotel room and I typed up I drafted up an email, not not email, but a, a post saying that, you know, hey, this was brought to Penn Texas um, attention that somebody was acting inappropriately in other groups and in events. Um, Penn Texas doesn't stand for that. Uh, doesn't tolerate it. So if anybody in the group were to uh, experience that, to let us know right away. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's up as a uh, announcement. So it's at the very top all the time. So people can see it. And so um, I just think that I go, man, cause like I'm going to, you know, I'm going to say this. I, we were supposed to interview this guy. Yeah. And something something mm-hmm. told me in my gut not to do it. And I didn't do it. And I'm really glad I didn't because if mm-hmm. I did, if we did, we, I'd have to pull it. Yeah. So. Yeah. It was just, well, things work. And um, that in that way, I guess it was a, it was a, it was a good thing you did. Yeah. So, yeah, I kind of. Had my reservations, you know. I think yeah. I mentioned it before. It's like it's like you know, because it'd be like, eh. yeah. I don't know. I don't know why it was like I didn't. I didn't even you know know the guy, right? Know him. I'd seen a few posts and things here or there. It's just like something just yeah wasn't didn't sit right with me. And what I'll say is that um um he had a podcast too. Mm-hmm. So um and. You know, I before before he did the podcast, he was um, he was putting together like uh, um, like a network, paranormal network, and and so I leaned on him a couple of times for a couple of cases. I called him a couple of times. I said, "Hey, man, you got someone in Odessa? Hey, you got someone in McAllen? You know, somewhere?" Mm-hmm. And then he would he would talk, he would talk to me, and then we were messaging each other like back and forth, and then. I think I broke down and said, you know what? I'm just going to call him. So I called him and I talked to him on the phone one time. And, um, you know, he was talking to me in a tone like very, very condescending, you know, a little bit. Yeah. 
And like to me, that was like he was like questioning me about about you know how to research or how to you know talk to eyewitness or a potential client. Mm. And I was like thinking, I said, okay, all right, that's cool. All right, well, do you want? You didn't ask for his advice. You threw him a bone. Yeah, I want. I go. Do you want the case? Yes or no? And so he said, let me look into it. I go, okay. So pretentious as fuck. So I ended up, I ended up giving it to Brad. Yeah. Freeman. And, you know, he took Freeman. care of it. Freeman. Freeman. I'm going to start doing that to him. Freeman. <laughs> but, um, but he, he, he took care of this guy. You know, he took care of him. Um, when this other guy couldn't take care of him. And then when this other dude couldn't take care of him, Brad Freeman took care of him. <laughs> So, uh, but you know, Brad's a man, you know, I love him. He's, he's a good dude. Yeah. That's all he cares about is helping people. He doesn't, he doesn't care about, you know, doing zoom yeah. and stuff. <laughs> oh, did I say it out loud? Sorry. Oops. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, it's better that they were. That's why I'm not in that sort of position mm. anywhere, because if something like that had been brought to me. I don't know how I would have handled it because, you know, I have my um, issues with that sort of thing. And, yeah. you know, I think everybody should. But, yeah, when I first heard that, it just I mean, made my skin crawl and my stomach turn. <clears throat> I mean, the par- paranormal group is not it's not a dating site. No, and, you know, unfortunately, that's kind of one of the things that not just with the paranormal, but with the Bigfoot community and stuff that what yeah. made me want to separate myself from it because I'd have all these people. In my inbox. Yeah. People people want to go to the woods with you, man. Yeah. And things like that. And just like, or like they would add me just wanting to network and then just be on my profile or whatever in my inbox. And just like, ugh, that's not what this is about. Yeah. People want to go to the woods with you, man. <sighs> Too damn bad. I don't go with quality people, not skeezies. <laughs> skeezies. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always say all the, I, I always say all the time, just because you like Bigfoot doesn't mean I gotta go to the woods with you. Chances yeah. are I don't want to because yeah. you're a fanatic. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. That's the sort of thing that's that makes everybody, you know, make fun of us, right? Oh yeah. It takes away our our credibility. BFRO you're talking about? <laughs> well, you know, whatever. <laughs> Shout out because they're they're big fans. Yeah. Whenever whenever I post this on the BFRO, I'm gonna I'm gonna tag that girl that one of <laughs> complaining about last week's podcast so i'm gonna tag her on it here you go oh, here you go she gonna clutch her pearls <laughs> so well, i've got to say something whether we got you got a negative or positive uh yeah uh, comment it's I, from the bf or someone from the fro yeah i posted like la- the last last week's show the one uh dark side of the, of the insanity interview I posted on yeah. uh, one of the. Actually, they have two. Mm-hmm. One, I think, one run by Matt Moneymaker, and the other one's running by someone else. But I posted on the BFRO uh, Facebook page, and some lady. I'm not going to say her name because that's be that would be. Uh, but he's going to tag her later. <laughs> so yeah. she she posted that goes. See, this is the reason why no one. No, I'm doing her voice too. <laughs> this is the reason why no one <laughs> takes the Bigfoot community seriously. And then I, I like, I loved her comment. Ah, I, you motherfucker! <laughs> I, I loved her comment, and then I said, "I go awesome." I know I have a fan in here now. 
So, mm. yeah. But she never responded. Yeah. She never. And she responded. never said what. Like, yeah. just the whole entire episode or what. I'm yeah. like, there's a lot works. Yeah. It's, it's, all, it's all good, man. Because not, we're brats, I don't give a fuck. I don't really care what someone. If you got a skin that thin, you don't need to be in yeah. the community. Uh, you know, one person from the BFRO, it's not gonna, it's not gonna, it's not gonna make or break me. I don't. BFRO care. lost their accountability in two thousand and one. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kato Kalen. Kato Kalen. That's what I call him. Kato Kalen. <laughs> Rick Nall. He looks like Kato Kalen. <laughs> so, anywho, um, so Bigfoot. Uh, I wanted to, this week to talk about Bigfoot magazine, and this is a sore subject with me. And I don't really, I don't. To be honest, I don't really like talking about it. But, but it's something I need to do. I need to get it off my chest. Um. <clears throat> This was, it was like before I met you, right? It was about the same time. Yeah, it was like, that was in 05? Six. Oh, six. Because I think I came up with the idea in 05. And it kind of, it kind of grew. And so Bigfoot Magazine was um, an idea that I had of doing a magazine like Fate Magazine. I don't know if you've ever seen Fate Magazine. No? Mm-hmm. It was Probably. a, it was a, it was a cryptozoology yeah. magazine that was out for a while, and then, then I knew of it. I lived. Yeah, and then it, they stopped selling it, and then yeah. they, they did it online. So right, um, right, right, right. But uh, it was something like that. I loved uh, Fate magazine, and they did everything that did UFO, Bigfoot, Loch Ness monster, ghosts, whatever. So it was it was the idea I had of doing a magazine. So at the time, I was working at fifteen oh five Elm. And there was a guy in the building that was doing magazines there. And so I kind of I kind of threw the idea to him. And he did some research for me, crunched some numbers, and came up with some, you know, numbers that that I needed to, to get a magazine off the ground, printing, all that stuff. And it was like, it was excessive. It's like big time, big time bucks. And so um, at the time... Um, my sister passed away in 2006 and I got, I got custody of Steven. And so at the time, um, you know, and I'll, I'll, it's hard for me to admit this is that, uh, I struggled for a while. Well, that's, and as a single parent, yeah, as a single parent, I struggled for a while. And so, um, I had to rethink how it's going to do Bigfoot magazine. So I, I no longer wanted to do it as a magazine. I, I said, you know what, let's do it an online magazine. So, um, what do you, what do you, what do you, uh, recall from there, Stephen? At the time? Um, well, yeah. Um, your sister, my mom, uh, passed away and, uh, um, yeah, it was a, <clears throat> it was a hard time for both of us. I know, like you said, as a single parent, taking care of me. Um, but as far as the, the magazine goes, like I remember you had to reiterate your, your thought process on it being a physical to online. Yeah. Which I supported a hundred percent too. Like maybe that will probably be easier, you know, to, to, you know, to launch a website or, you know, something like that for online. But yeah, I, I 
that's what I remember on that. Um, where you're going? Because I think at the time, um, I was, I was still talking with a lot of guys that used to be in the TBRC, mm-hmm. and so um, I was talking to I was talking to Tim Clay about it, and um, and I was talking to this other guy named Chad Scott, which I've never mentioned before on this podcast. <clears throat> he was the Oklahoma um, lead in the TBRC. He was, uh, I think, he was out of Ardmore, and um, he had like four guys under him. And I, I got you know he he norm he didn't get along with Craig, so I instantly became friends with him. <laughs> so he and I got really close, like really quick. Speaking of pervs and people's <laughs> inboxes, yeah. So, um, so I was talking to him about the, like the magazine. And he introduced me to this guy named Matt Knapp out of Tulsa. And um, I had seen Matt online a couple times and posting stuff. And um, I think it was the, the, the Alabama, Bigfoot Alabama chat rooms and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, oh, gee, man. Yeah, big time. So he was on, he was on there. And um, I ended up, we ended up talking on the phone a lot. And then uh, we were chatting, we were chatting online a lot and stuff. And, Really liked the dude, man. He was he's a good dude. He he was very articulate and uh spoke really, really logically about Bigfoot and ideas and stuff. His ideas kind of mi- kind of mirrored mine. And so mm-hmm. um so I, I had pitched the idea to him, to Matt and to Chad and, and to Tim about of all of us doing this magazine. And I think at the time, um this kind of hurts me. A little bit but um tim and I, tim and i didn't see eye to eye on some stuff and and i love him to death and it's it hurts me to say that it happens yeah in every relationship yeah and friendship and family whatever so so tim went about doing something else and then i continued on with chad and matt and then uh, i had the idea of moving up to tulsa so best idea ever <laughs> so i remember i i approached this to steven and uh steven were you, you you know you weren't a big fan of moving to tulsa were you or were you, or were you? uh no i was not a big fan um but um i remember yeah there was like a um i had like i had like i remember i had the idea of like you know moving in with uh my friends after high school and getting ourselves their own apartment. The only problem was they didn't have a job. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. So I was like, well, it's going to be kind of hard. It's probably going to be a lot harder for me to carry them. And while we have an apartment, let alone me working at, well, I think I was working at movie trade. Yeah. At the time or something like that. Yeah. For one summer. And I was thinking about going back, but, um, yeah, so I was like, you know what? No, I'm, I think it's it's a sign. Let me just let me just go with Robert and make sure uh, everything goes swell there because he's gonna be by himself, and I don't want him be him being by himself. So I'm just gonna go with him. So yeah, um, because I, I think before we left, before we went to Tulsa, we went to the first annual Hanoba Bigfoot Conference. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that, Stephen? Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> it was like it's like we drove up there, and like I I I remember at the time I there was a guy that was working with me. He was a he was a valet, and he knew somebody in Mexico, and 
he printed off a bunch of Bigfoot magazine T-shirts for me. No. And so. What and happened to those? I, you know what? I still have like 20. Really? Yeah, I still have Why one. Why don't I have one? I'll give you one after this. <laughs> I waited on that magazine for like years and you can't even give me a for 10 one. years man <laughs> it's been 15 years man it literally has yeah as soon as, as soon as the show's over i'm gonna go there i'm gonna pull it out i'm gonna give you a shirt so, um and the first five cult no <laughs> but uh it, it actually you know it actually sold pretty well yeah yeah i think i went through like two orders mm. And so I was ordering it from like Mexico and it was like really cheap. Well, so you're exploiting your own own people. <laughs> the heritage. Uh-huh. <laughs> so um so yeah, um before we went up to Tulsa, that I I drove up to Hanoba. It was the first annual Bigfoot conference. And I think there was some groups up there, but I can't remember who it was. It was like Mid America Mid America Bigfoot group. I don't know. I can't remember. Right. <clears throat> but um, I drove up there. I think Stephen and I drove up there. I think I was on. Uh, it was on a Friday or Thursday, and uh, it took us a while to get up there. And I was was driving the Silver Bullet at the time, and uh, Silver Bullet was my old car. Not not a mm-hmm. not a can of Coors Light. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah, because yeah, I was I was already sober at the time. So um, so I drove up there. And I, I remember driving up there and I, I reserved a, like a spot and it was like a huge campground. Mm-hmm. I reserved a spot. And so I walked up there and I asked the lady, I said, Hey, I, my name is Robert Dominguez. I'm with Bigfoot magazine. I, <clears throat> I reserved a spot here. And she goes, Oh, well, I'm sorry. I, don't, I ran out of tables. Uh, you don't have a spot. I, I said, I told her, I go, come on. I mean, I drove all the way. I drove like six hours up here. I said, no, I, I got to have tables because I'm sorry, honey. I'm too busy. And so I step back for a second. I go, okay. Time for me to turn on this Dominguez charm. <laughs> <laughs> so then, you know, I shrug my shoulders, lean lean into her a little bit, and I go, hey, those are some nice earrings. And she goes, oh, you like them? I said, I love them. They match, I go, they match your outfit, everything, everything is perfect. She goes, <sighs> she goes, Henry. Go to, go to the cafeteria and go grab a table for this young man. She knew what you were doing. So, so the guy walked over there, grabbed, grabbed me a table. She was bullshitting. She was just in a mood and didn't want to get a table. If they went and could find you a table, that means they had tables. So I go, can, can I pick the spot anywhere? She goes, anywhere you want. That's okay. So I, I go over there and I, I put the table down. And I put it like right on a turn where everybody was turning to go back into all the activities. And yeah, you had a good, we had a good spot. Yeah, we had a really good spot. And mm-hmm. uh, up walks Todd Partey. And Just I have, so happens. I know, and I hadn't seen him since Longview. So, and, and um, I walk. I go. I go. Todd. He goes. Robert. And we like we walk up to each other. And so, and so I go. I go. You know. So what are you doing here? He says I'm supposed to have a table. I don't have one. I said, I got plenty of room on my table. You want to sit down next to me? He goes, oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the rest of the day, or the rest of the time there, we're, we, uh, we actually, I sold T-shirts. He interviewed people. 
And so I was helping him with his interviews because he was, at the time, yeah. he was working on a second doc- documentary, but I don't think he ever released. Really? Yeah. So oh. we, we were interviewing people. And um, I think we ran into, Stephen, help me on this guy. I can't remember the Native American guy that was in Oklahoma City. Do you remember? What was his name? Well, um, um, Mike, is it Mike? I think so, but I can't think of his last name. Man, I can't think of his name. But we interviewed him there, and then that eventually led us to go to haunt the Concho. Um, yeah, that's right. That's where we so, met him. So we met him there. He interviewed there. And uh, we, I mean, I talked so much about Bigfoot Magazine that at the time. I, I think on the second day, I lost my voice. Wow. Yep. And I told Stephen, wow. I told Stephen whenever we were driving back, I said, I go, if you want to use the restroom, I go point down. If you want to eat, point at your mouth. I'm not talking the rest of the way home. But, he, but why did he? Why was he not allowed to talk? No, to no. I mean, her? if you wanted me to talk to him, that's oh. what that's what I meant. I said, but if you want to just, I'm not talking. So, <laughs> but he could have just verbally. Said, yeah. He had his voice. Yeah. So. so I was like, "Hey, Robert, how was your day? You really know how oh my day my was. Oh my gosh! Yeah, all of these words." But um, yeah. <laughs> so so we met Todd and I and I pitched the idea to Todd uh-huh. about Bigfoot magazine, and he was extremely interested in it because he was he wa- he was had the idea of doing Bigfoot TV. Mm-hmm. So I said, well let's 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 you know let's throw this together. Let's uh, let's do Bigfoot magazine and Bigfoot TV together, and uh, we'll offer it as a package. He ended up doing a a, a documentary on Katrina, didn't he? Or Ike, I, I don't, I don't remember. But I would about I w- the same time because I remember he was on Kid Craddock, and they they gave him shit about the Bigfoot stuff, like he didn't want to talk about it. Really? But, yeah, not really, but they're just like, uh, whatever. But uh, yeah, I was like, I know that guy. Man, I wish I'd heard <laughs> that. I got to go back and you know try to find that. It's from about the same time, you know. Yeah, because that's you know. When I was listening to that, it was when I was delivery driver. So yeah, about this is the same time I met all you guys. Yeah, he was he was fairly new about Bigfoot, and because I because I know he asked me a ton of questions, a ton of questions about stuff, and mm-hmm. <clears throat> so whenever we end up going, whenever we did end up going to Concho, I do I do remember that uh, um, whenever I got out of the vehicle. And it was running. It was getting really late. It was getting dark, and I got out of the vehicle to go do some tree knocks. They were the the Native American guy and Todd were freaking out. Goes, where are you going? <laughs> we'll do some tree knocks. Say hello. I'm gonna do some Man. tree knocks. <laughs> so I'm having some uncle. I want to be there. Yeah. When I was driving your car, when you were in South Dakota, yeah, I forgot that you have that nightstick in there, and I was just like, if I get pulled over, how do I explain that? Just you. What what I always say. What I always think all the time. It said, "I'm I'm training to be an armed security guard." Oh, and okay. That's, that's... I just was going to tell him the truth because you have a Bigfoot air freshener, but <laughs> <laughs> like that seems like it would be quirky, and I wouldn't get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> but anytime I think I think about that, I would say I'm going to be an I'm training to be an armed security guard. So, yeah, well. so <clears throat> but um, so I, I pitched the idea to Todd. Todd liked it, and. And so he was going to be a part of, he's going to be a part of it, but like a separate entity, you know, who's going to mm-hmm. be Bigfoot TV. I was going to be Bigfoot magazine. And so uh, at the time I, uh, I packed all our stuff up and Steven, 
I packed Steven up too. <laughs> did you put him in a box? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. And then uh, sure we drove up to Tulsa only knowing two people. Chad Scott, because Chad moved from Arbor to Tulsa and Matt Knapp. That's the only two people I knew. And um, when I got there, I had had enough money for a deposit, had enough money for the first rent and like gas and food for the first month. I had enough money for that. Well, that's usually how you do it, isn't it? So, and, well, I, and, I, guess I, not, and I think at the time I had the hardest time finding a job. Yeah. I mean, I applied that everywhere. Was, that was not great times for that yeah. sort of thing. I, I applied everywhere. Casinos, grocery stores, McDonald's, Wendy's, warehouses, hospitals. Um, and you named it. I, I applied at it. And I, I couldn't get a security license there. And that drove me insane. Yeah, Oklahoma's hard. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on that, Stephen? whenever we first moved up there? So, uh, it was exciting. It was, I mean, it was just like any other move. It's, it's some someplace new. Yeah. But yeah, we we struggled a lot to get a job. You you eventually found a job before me um, because you had you had luckily you had the experience. But like, I was just fresh out of high school and I only had uh, what um, like two jobs, movie two, trade, like a warehouse. Yeah, yeah a movie trade and that, that warehouse, warehouse job. job. Yeah. Dude, I feel that. And, that's whenever I was on the Man. struggle bus too. You know, I was what twenty, yeah. twenty two when I moved back to Arkansas. That was about the same time. Yeah, well, was, yeah. Um, I think I had an interview with uh, what was that sports store academy? Oh yeah, yeah. academy. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, had a had an interview with with uh, Reesers, Reesners, Reesners. Yeah. Uh, and vintage stock. That one, that one pissed me off. Yeah, vintage stock. Vintage stock was was just uh, it was movie trade, but it was uh, I guess like a, a third party for vintage, uh, for vintage yeah. stock. And then I went to my interview it was a group interview. Yeah, I was, I was, like, I was about to say interview. that. Did, didn't they interview you in a group interview? That was the dumbest. That was it was a group. Yeah, it was a group interview with three supervisors, and we all like did like musical chairs or something. And it, it, that it was, it was humiliating. It was very humiliating. It was so confusing. And when Robert said, "How did it go?" I, go, I, I guess I, if I guess it went good. I mean, I won on the musical chairs, but I feel extremely uh, debased and confused. That's that sounds lazy to it, me. Like it they, is like, like they didn't want to actually read applications yeah. or resumes. Yeah, they just. And then they asked me like three questions each for each one. And, okay, don't call us. We'll call you. Okay. What a bunch of bitches. <laughs> yeah. But eventually, I remember I got that uh, seasonal job at GameStop. Yeah. During the holiday season. So that that was kind of cool um, until it lasted. And then yeah, uh, I, got, I, I, got to, I got to meet Miley Cyrus there. Oh, yeah. Cool. I really? forgot about that. At GameStop? <laughs> yeah. Uh, at GameStop at that mall. Did she just come in randomly or was she doing like a thing? No, I was uh, I was the greeter uh, at GameStop. They just told me, hey, you know, there's so much people coming in and out. Like just greet, just stand, stand in the entrance and greet people. I was like, okay, cool. You know, and so I was like, you know, hey, you know, GameStop. Hey, welcome to GameStop. And <clears throat> she bumped into me. And I was like, oh, and I looked at her and I was like. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, well, you know, I only like I only liked like one song, uh, oh. and I was like, I was like, oh, oh, hey, my name's just like, hey, what's up? And then this like this big black dude that was like, a, I guess, her security guard. He oh, looked okay. like he was like seven feet, seven feet tall. Uh, he was like looking at me like I did. I go, oh, hey, you know, hey, I was going there. Like, he didn't know until he saw like the the my name tag at GameStop and put two and two together. He's like, oh, okay. He's, he thought I was just like trying to bum rush her, but yeah. she, she bumped into me. So <laughs> I had that literally happen to me with um, Neil McCoy. Like he literally. Oh really? He literally like plowed me over in Walmart in Longview one time. Nice. <laughs> Where was he going? Where was he going? He was just talking and turned around and wasn't paying attention. Just walked right into me. Oh, okay. I thought maybe he was going toward like the cheese sticks or something. No, it was the light bulb section. (laughs) He had an idea. The light bulb section. Well, it's a big deal because, you know, he's like Longview's token native son besides like, well, I guess McConaughey's from Kilgore, but they still tried. You know, he was a Lobo, but he don't ever shop Mm. out and hang out. Neil McCoy lives there. So it's like, oh, I seen it. (laughs) <laughs> I got runned over. Runned <laughs> over by Neil McCoy. So, Gee, that's well, yeah, that, yeah, I got got the job there at GameStop, and then uh, it ended, and I struggled a little bit after that, but it wasn't as bad as the first time. Yeah, because remember you. That's whenever you come in. That's where you. Well, you didn't even say what your first job was. So yeah, I talked to you about your first job. Yeah. There. I was at, I think I finally got a job with service master and, um, I actually, I don't wait, I'll, I'll backtrack. Okay. I got a job at reasoners because the guy that interviewed me was from Irving. Uh-huh. So he hired me. And so I was in orientation and no, no, I was in orientation. They sent me to a food handler class. And so I had to take, I had to spend $13 on a food handlers class because if you handle food, you, gotta, you have to have a license. Yeah. But. F in Oklahoma make you pay for everything out of pocket. Yeah. No so. offense to Oklahomians, but yeah, that's, that sucks when you're trying to get a job and you have to pay yeah, for your like, licensing before you get the actual job. So I'm in, I'm in class, you know, taking this test on like, you know, how to handle food and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I get a call from service master saying that, Hey, they're going to hire. Cause that it was like really, I was, I took anything. It was like $8. Right. Well, back then, $8. Yeah. It's above minimum, you know? <laughs> so, and then uh, Service Master called me, and it was like, they wanted to pay me 13 And if I got called out, it was 15 I go, I'll take it. And I walked out. <laughs> I walked out of that class. <laughs> I go, see ya. Right. I walked out. Yeah. And I went to go work for Service Master. Service Master was a great job. It was a, it was a water restoration group. And they were, they were good, but it's just, you know, if there's no floods, you know, you don't have work. And so... I eventually got a. I eventually got a job with uh, Dish Network as a facilities person there, and I I practically begged for that job. It was probably the best job I ever had, but it was like the least amount of money I've ever made. Ugh, that's always how it yeah. is, right? Yeah. So it was a good job. I had a really good boss. He was awesome. He he he. And then eventually we got Steven on as a, a Dish dispatcher. And so, say that three times. Though. I know <laughs> he had the problems with the one. So, so Stephen, you were you were pretty happy there, weren't you? Oh yes, oh yes. I was just happy that I had a job and uh, to you were actually make getting, things. You you were actually getting paid more than I was. Yeah, I was getting paid more than you, and that, I thought that was so weird. Mm. Um, 
but yeah, uh, got you got me a job there. I thought I thought my interview was was like I bombed. I bombed on it because it was uh, Sylvia that interviewed me. Oh yeah, the bones. Yeah, and then uh, she hated me. I feel like she hated me. Um, and she, and then she ended up being my supervisor for a while too. And I was like, oh god, she had a stack of bones. Um, she had a stack of animal bones at her desk. Yeah. Yeah, and then she had a Ouija board mouse uh, pad. Yeah, and so Ouija board's not, you know, that to me, the mouse is not a big deal, but bones. Wawaki. The bones. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> consult the bones, and she would, like, throw them down. Really? Yeah. Whatever, mm-hmm. that's cool. Yeah. It was, I mean. At work? I don't know. It's kind of scary. Whatever. I keep my cards <laughs> in my bag, and I I don't do it. At, I, well, yeah. I at work, it. right? You don't yeah, do it at work. Yeah, I do work. at work, but, like, when nobody's there. Right. Just because I don't, uh, I don't like to talk about it, and she, that's something she I, had it out where everybody can see. Well, it. some, I mean, whatever. <laughs> if that's what it is, but I don't, you know, yeah. with me, it's like a private conversation. Some people aren't that way. Yeah, you know? it's private. <laughs> it was, it was a, it was a joke. It was a running joke between you and uh, Clifton. I wonder if it's okay to say his name, Clifton. Uh, Clifton. Where, where I would say like I would, you know, I was so used. To it had so much, and then we were, there was a lot of freedom there, and I wasn't used to it. Yeah. So I was all like, hey, uh, I'm going to go take my lunch right now. And she would kind of give me pushback, like, well, it's getting kind of busy right now. Could you, you know, sit back down? And, you know, I was like, oh, okay, you know, I guess I'm not going to lunch, you know. So I, every time I, I think I brought that to you, and, and Clifton, you made a joke saying, like, uh, let's consult the bones first. Yeah. No, it's too busy. You can't, you can't. I'm sorry, <laughs> the bones. Closing. I would, like, I like <laughs> bother. Like, I do that all the time with my, because I can't read for myself. And it's such a pain in the ass because I know what I want to hear. Yeah. And when I do a reading, I usually don't want to hear the, I sometimes would rather not know the question if it's in person Mm -hmm. because otherwise I'm going to like try to interpret it the way I think it should, what, you know, instead of what it actually says. But yeah, I bother people. I'm like, just do this for me about this dude. Okay. <laughs> Which ninety eight percent of all readings from everybody yeah. would probably tell you it's that's what it's about. Yeah. Mm. Well, but it was like it was a running joke with us. With, yeah. Um, yeah. Bones, but well, yeah, I, I did like I. I, I did, wish I stayed I did, there. But. I I didn't mean nothing by it though. <laughs> Maybe you should have asked her to do that and got some guidance when you're in Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> should have. <laughs> so. I think after that, I think during during the time with Service Master and Dish Network, I was um, I was over at I was at Matt's house a lot, and um, he, you know, and I'll say this: he's he's a great dude. I love him to death. I haven't talked to him in a long time. He's a great dude. I cannot say enough good things about him. He fed me when I didn't have any, and I didn't, I didn't have any money or food. And he insisted I stay there. He said, you know, I think a couple of times he wanted me to get out of the apartment and just live there. And I said, uh, I don't know if I can do that. I got to sleep in my own bed. But um, but he's a good dude, man. He he offered me everything, his shirt, food, uh, a vehicle, whenever I needed it. So he he was like, like before Steven, I found a job, I would just drop off Steven over at Matt's and I'd go to work. And uh, him and Matt would just hang out all day and talk video games and Bigfoot or whatever, you know? And so it was, it was good. I mean, he was a good dude. And, um, I'll say this about, I was really close with Chad Scott a lot. We talked every day when we were in the TBRC, but as soon as I, as soon as I moved to Tulsa, the dude just quit talking to me. It was like, like I lived like seven blocks from the dude. So you live closer to him, man. 
I'm familiar with that. <laughs> yeah, you're you're experiencing that now, aren't you? Well, I mean, on some level, you know, we're all older now. But on another level, it's like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> I mean... I move closer to you, and then you ghost me. What the yeah, hell? It's like, I mean, I went to bat for this dude a lot. Right. Like, because, like, Craig didn't like him at all. And Craig would always, like, talk shit about him all the time. And I defended him a lot. And so I, I'll be honest. I, I'm not lying. I'm not making this up. I, I defended him. And so whenever I moved to Tulsa, it's like, you know, he ghosted me. Like Steven said, you know, he ghosted me. So... But you know it's cool. I, I don't. Yeah, I'm not I mean, mad at him. You can't always say things like that, or not always on purpose or personally. You know, life just happens. Yeah. you get caught up in your own. I know, but stuff I and, I moved there right for them for them. But yeah. So yeah, about the magazine is just um at the time uh we had the idea of just doing online stuff and we were gonna all, all of us gonna write articles and we wanted to um present people that we thought that need to be brought into the light like you know uh john benernagel luke gross eric altman um mike frizzell um robert w morgan just people that we liked and what i was just thinking about that meme that i saw that i showed you with the the typo (laughs) oh krantz or yeah yeah uh, i'm not gonna say that it was spelled they misspelled his name's uh, k-u-n-t-z yeah <laughs> yeah, so, and I, I said that's that's what Renee DeHinden's called. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, we wanted we wanted to do articles about stuff like that, and um, and I had the idea for a comic book, and and we we were gonna do we were gonna do a comic book onto the website, and I, the idea I had was, and it was this was Matt's idea and and uh, Chad's idea too. Is that we were going to do a young Bigfoot uh, with a young Native American girl that she was she lost her family to the Cal, you know U.S. Cavalry and he was you know uh, the the young Bigfoot was was pushed out of the woods by a fire and so he lost his tribe so I was going to call it Lost Tribes they were together and they were going to like cross over the the U.S. Uh, to find relatives and they were going to run into like you know historical people. And so that was the idea I had. And I know I pitched that in Longview, right? Yeah. So vaguely, I think, I think you had like a little mock-up. Yeah. 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 So that was the idea I had. Uh, Do you remember, do you remember that, Steven? Yeah, I do remember it. I was like, why? Because it sounds familiar until you said Lost Tribes. I was like, oh yeah. Yeah, I remember. I still think, I still think that should be uh, brought into life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I want to do. You <laughs> sound really enthusiastic. No, I want to do it, but it, like part of it, part of it's like you know Chad's idea yeah. and, and Matt's well, idea. So if I were to do it, I had to collectively ask them. It's okay if I do it. I mean, you could do that. That's, yeah, that's very nice. Yeah, because like I don't want to get. If there's no bad blood, just be like. I'm, I might be bad blood after Chad hears this. So. Well. <laughs> I mean, it's just business. Shit happens. It's like yeah, it's like with bands, man. You. you can be totally best friends with somebody and then try to work with them and just be like it doesn't it doesn't work. I know? mean, I'm I'm not mad at him. Yeah, I, I'm. You know, he, he at the time he got married and he, you know he was focused on his family and yeah. That's I mean cool. that that happens. I mean that's just kind of what my deal when I moved out here. That's kind of how the deal is. It's like 
I'm single and unmarried with no kids, but yeah. most of my friends are not anymore. Yeah. You know, it, it happens. Yeah. Shit happens. So. <laughs> shouldn't refer to children <laughs> that way. Well, I meant, like, <laughs> I didn't mean about the kids. I meant like, Ugh. you know, rela- you yeah. know, friendships, they yeah. come and go. So. No, shit happens. Shit happens. I mean, <laughs> just because you don't talk every day doesn't mean you're not still friends. I mean, if you're not on bad terms or anything like that, I mean. Friendships wax and wane. Man, I haven't talked to Matt in about, I want to say, four years. It happens. And I mean, Chad is probably longer than that. Probably like almost going on ten, maybe seven. Well, I mean, he probably already forgot about me. Matt probably hadn't. Matt, what's up, brother? But anyway, are you listening? <laughs> if, you're li- if you're listening, what's up? Do you want to go on the show? Yeah. Marco Kane. Kane <laughs> Marco. Oh, yeah. Bring bring Roddy onto the show too, Matt, yeah. if you can. Yeah, he can swim on the couch. So, <laughs> oh, sorry. But Matt had this <sighs> Matt had this friend that was living with him. His name is Roddy. And Stephen, I dropped off Stephen there like one day, and Stephen told me like afterwards, and I picked him up, uh, went home, and he said that Roddy was sleeping on the couch, and that it looked like he was doing a swimming motion, like he's like raised his arm up. Like he's sleeping on his stomach. Mm-hmm. He raised his arm up and took a breath. <laughs> Maybe he was <laughs> swimming on the. So ever, like, ever since then, we, we we used to joke him about swimming on the couch. <laughs> like I remember sitting on that little recliner uh, chair. Uh-huh. Oh, that was like our favorite chair. Uh-huh. And uh, Matt was like right by the front door smoking, and we we're like talking. I forgot what we were talking about, and then like. Roddy did like a, and we we stopped and we looked at him, and his his he started kicking his legs. <laughs> like, the he was and then and <laughs> he was kicking his legs, and then he arched his arm up, and I go, and then Nap goes, "Is this motherfucker swimming?" And then I go, "No, I don't, I don't think so." And then right whenever he arched his arm, he goes, mm-hmm. "I go, mother." We started laughing. Man. We were laughing. Oh. We were like, "Holy, what?" Right He's swimming in his dream. Yeah, I've seen shit like that. Oh, oh man, that's funny. That's I'm, some funny shit. I'm dated people that do shit like that. Like, Sleepless. Just swim on a couch. Not necessarily swim, but just like do things weird in their sleep. Oh, like, I see. Like point. <laughs> and whatever, like, and, and we felt that, like, oh man, what if, what if he drowns? You know, yeah. Like, should we, yeah. should we save him? Or yeah. What's going on? You'll freak out if water starts pouring out of his mouth. <laughs> no, and... that was that would be like supernatural. Oh, yeah. that that would be weird. <laughs> oh, man. So, so that was weird. So we were, you know, I was talking to I was talking to Matt about you know about the ideas and stuff like that, and so we we all agreed on the comic book, and we agreed about. Um, doing a website and we, cause the thing at, at the time, none of us knew anything about websites, nothing at all. And, um, not even MySpace. I mean, we had that, <laughs> we had all that. Remember we had, when we all knew how to do coding? Yeah. Yeah. I think Facebook was starting to, to kick off right there. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think yeah. we all started ignoring MySpace. Yeah, and just going straight to Facebook. Well, because it got that's around the time that they like like went public and sold to all these companies and had all this adware and shit, and it was just like basically would yeah. do your computer cancer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because that I think at the time before this we were doing, you probably don't recall this, but we were doing um, in GeoCities, then Yahoo, E Groups, mm-hmm. 
I recall Angel Fire. Yeah, Angel Fire, and um, it was man, it was like that was a, that was a good time. That's where my webpage was. That was, that was a good time, wasn't it? Yeah. The yeah. early aughts. Yeah. So my my teenage years. But we but we didn't we didn't know anything about websites at the time, yeah. and um, it was just kind of odd how we didn't. We didn't know anything about it, and so we were throwing these ideas out. And I think at the time, I can't think of the guy's name. It just escapes me for some reason. But he was doing—he was out of California. He was a—he was a coder or programmer, and he was doing—he was doing Bigfoot evidence. And his at the time, Bigfoot evidence was one of the biggest, biggest um, clicks for anything Bigfoot related. It was a click. Yeah, you know, you, you got, like a game <laughs> or or visited no, no, website. I meant, no, I meant like yeah. You, no, it made it so. It's like like in prison. They were. <laughs> I don't know. He, there, there's bigfoot he, clicks. But no, um, no. but he was he was he was a good dude. He reached out to us, and he was wanting us to take it take it over, and. And I, I was okay with it. I said, man, if we can take it over and then like merge, you know, Bigfoot magazine into it, that'd be awesome. I, yeah. I, I love that idea. And so, um, and then we were friends with this other guy. I'm not going to say his name. Um, another guy, he was in Connecticut or something. And he was doing, I think at the time he was doing Block Talk Radio. Block Talk Radio. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> so... Um, mm. and he, he had a pretty popular, he had a pretty popular podcast. I was on it a couple of times and, um, he's a good dude. Um, but he's real, he was like really, really moody and you know, it was okay. And, uh, it's just, none of us really got along. Well, not, not, we all got along. It's just none of us would, would, uh, agree on an idea. You all had very strong personalities yeah. and wanted to run shit. Yeah. It sounded like there's too many cooks in your kitchen. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. And I think at the time, uh, Matt started uh, Bigfoot Crossroads, mm-hmm. and it was a separate. It was a separate entity that I think he wanted to do from Bigfoot Magazine. And if I look back on it now, I should have saw that as you know him saying that you know, hey, I'm not okay with Bigfoot Magazine. I'm not comfortable with it. But I didn't see it at the time. I just thought, you know, okay, hey, it's his own deal. So, uh, and then he started doing uh, Bigfoot Outlaw Radio. I don't know if you ever listened to that podcast. Mm-hmm. It was it was it was on Block Talk Probably. Radio. Probably, yeah, it was on Block Talk. Now it's Probably. on. Now it's on. Now it's on YouTube. Uh, the YouTubes. So YouTube. So he was doing it with. Um, Bitches. When I was with the TBRC, and they were with the Oklahoma Monkey Chasers. I hate that name. <laughs> Me too. It it just sounds inappropriate. It it sounds unprofessional. It sounds unprofessional, but it also sounds like yeah, alluding to something else. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it, but but um, you know, I tried to like that guy. I tried really hard, and he 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 did some stuff that um, he gave uh, Tom Biscardi some or Melba Ketchum some stuff about somebody then we oh, were, yeah he gave away pro- private property locations. yeah private property stuff that we were doing investigations and uh the the property owner asked us not to and he did it so um if yeah. i'm wrong if i'm wrong on this i'll apologize but i'm pretty sure it was him yeah but uh that's not cool man it didn't it didn't set well with me and so 
Matt had him on, I think it was uh, uh, Bigfoot Outlaw Radio. <clears throat> and there were, and, and you know what? They were, they started, you know, gaining some, some momentum. And I told Matt that I didn't want to do anything with that guy. I didn't, I didn't want nothing to do with him. I said, yeah, because you can't trust them, man. That's no. messed up. I mean, not only is it betraying the trust of the homeowners and your group, but from, you know, not to give any details, but, you know, it seemed that you guys had created some sort of like relationship with these creatures at this location. And that's mm-hmm. just seems like a betrayal trust to them too. I mean, that's, you know, that that's how I look at it. It's like, yeah, you just, you, anybody could show up at this place and mess with these guys. And I don't like that. Yeah. I didn't, I don't know. I just didn't like that dude. And he's, I tried really hard and I think Matt asked me to like him and I tried and I couldn't do it. So, um, I don't I mean, know. I, oh God. I don't know. My head is just running because I'm reading other websites and other people's uh, I, ideas to what needs to be done research wise when it comes to specimen collecting. So I don't agree with that. And I'm just thinking about, you know, what you guys told me about your experiences at this location and just thinking of just whoever ran in there and just shot the place up. Yeah. And that's horrible. That's horrible because these creatures gain. You gained their trust. Yeah. And then this person, whoever it was, gave away this location. And, that, you know, that just is horrible. So, like I said, I couldn't stand this dude. And um, he, um, you know, he was he was in cahoots with Matt. And, you know, I I don't hate Matt for that, you know. And it's, Matt had to do what he had to do. And. Um, right. <clears throat> they were doing outlaw, you know, Bigfoot outlaw radio, and they were they were doing well. They were gaining momentum, and um, so I think I slowly started backing away from big doing Bigfoot magazine with us guys, and the idea of doing it with them was, I would say, probably like at forty percent, you know, maybe. And I was, I was kind of, I was in a way, I was kind of disheartened a little bit because you know I relocated you know, to Tulsa to do Bigfoot magazine. Right. And I was like, no longer kind of talking to Chad Scott. And then Matt was doing, um, you know, uh, his other stuff with, uh, this other guy. And, um, so, I mean, is it a sore subject with me? Yeah, it is. I'm, I was pretty pissed at the time and I was pretty hurt. It's understandable because you had a lot of, you put a lot of, a lot of thought, and you put a lot of effort into it. And, yeah. you know, I understand sometimes shit happens, but it's hard not to, you know, be disheartened and upset when something that you really were passionate about falls apart, no matter how much effort you put into it. You yeah. Know? Steven, you, yeah. you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I was going to say my part on yeah, uh, why it's a, it's, a, it's a sore subject on mine. And it had nothing to do with, I mean, it, yeah, it had mostly with you know Bigfoot magazine we're we moved there for Matt and all that stuff but whenever we moved uh I had a I had a really good friend of mine um who got real sick uh suddenly and I wasn't I wasn't there mm-hmm. um to, say, to spend time with him or say goodbye it just happened and he <clears throat> I to this day I still don't know like a lot of people say it was like the swine flu or uh, some, I forgot the name of it. It's like some blood poisoning, mm-hmm. like where his blood got 
it, it just got bad and it, it was shutting down his organ one right. by one. Right. So, uh, whenever I called, uh, a friend of mine, you know, you remember Enrique, right? Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was really good friends with him and I called him. I was like, Hey, Sebastian, I heard Sebastian's sick. His name is Sebastian. Yeah, that's right. Uh, he was like, yeah, he's, he, uh, he, God, like he went in for like flu symptoms and it's getting worse, but we're, we're, we'll keep it updated. And I called the next day and, um, that's whenever he already passed, like he just passed. And I was like, I, I just, what are you talking about? Like, I just talked to him a couple of days ago. Yeah. So it, it hit me like, it hit me like a 10 ton of bricks. And that was whenever I didn't have, a, um, I was about to start GameStop. And, and I remember telling you, I was like, I have to go, I have to go say goodbye to him. Yeah. I didn't, I, I, didn't hesitate. I didn't hesitate at all. I just gave you the money as a go. Yeah. And that, at the time that was another thing is, I think he would, I think he probably could have done more, but that was whenever the alternator went out. You remember that? Yeah. And yeah, it was, it was just bad time. And so I remember I, I pretty much hitchhiked back to Texas and, um, you know, said my goodbye with Sebastian and went, went back, um, to Tulsa. I think jungle game gave me a bus ticket to go back. Right. So I went back and it, uh, it, it, it hit me and like, it hit me hard. Like it took me a while to, to get over it. And that's, you know, that's one of the reasons why, you know, one of my sons is named Sebastian because I named him after him. Right. So it was, that's why I would, when you say disheartening, yeah, it was very disheartening because I, we gave up so much. We sacrificed so much for nothing to show for it, which I wouldn't say it like that, like that though, because back then we did, we said it then. Well, back then, yeah, we said it then. No, we're not. But yeah, it was just, it was a, it was a hard time. Uh, And uh, I think we, I think after that, and I think um, after like no, I guess no interest from Matt or definitely uh, from Chad. Like Chad just kind of just stopped talking to us then already. Yeah. Uh, no, I think it was. I think that's whenever you and I decided pretty much like we should move back. Yeah. To Texas. So. <clears throat> but it was it's just kind of odd because like when we moved to Tulsa. We only knew two people, Chad and and Matt. And then when we moved back, we knew like a bunch of people. We we're friends. With oh yeah, like twenty, yeah. twenty five people. Were I think? Yeah, was, there was because I think most most of my Facebook is like is Tulsa people. Because you don't go anywhere yeah. anything anymore. I know, but I'm I still you know <laughs> right. like I you know at the time you know I'm saying it, I'm saying it back then you know mm-hmm. that it was a failure, but really it's not because you know I'm still no. friends I'm still friends with Clifton right. Uh, Earl the Pearl does uh, the wrestling portion with me on this, and so I met Earl the Pearl, and so mm-hmm. he, he's a great person, and he's and I'm I'm blessed to to have met him, and then he's still a part of my life. And yeah, I think that times like that is usually whenever you find your real people. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, not to say that Matt can't still be my friend, you know, hint Matt, but anyway, um, but um, if you're listening. <laughs> so but um i see i just i just thought at the time you know you know there was a, a lot it was a lot of stuff you know there's I, a lot that went on in just a few short years yeah 
Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I think there's a couple of things Matt and I got mad at each other about and we were, but some of them were silly. And then, um, you know, and I just, we just stopped talking and I think right before, but right, right before we, we moved back, um, I didn't even talk to him. I didn't even say goodbye to him. I didn't do any. I just, we just left. Like we left and I think it was in the middle of the night or something. Right, Steven? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we just left. We just uh, left. Cause I, <laughs> it's funny because, like, whenever we moved there, I had a 30 foot trailer. Mm-hmm. And then when we, <laughs> we moved back, I just had my car and a little hitch, a little, little bit of hitch. All, all I brought back was like, uh, I think it was the TV, my CDs, my comics, and our clothes. Mm-hmm. Well, you had the essentials. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, we we left our beds, uh, the the couches, yeah, because the whatever it is old. Yeah, because like um, I didn't have the money. I didn't have the money to get a big truck. I said yeah. this is only thing I can afford, and so yeah, been there. Well, yeah. So, but in a way, that kind of doing stuff like that is a little bit freeing too. Yeah, because it's just stuff. Yeah, it's just stuff. Mm-hmm. You, had, you had your comic books and your CDs, and that's all that matters. Yeah, of course. So <laughs> those are irreplaceable. <laughs> so I thought I thought it was cool, and you know we came back, and um, you know, but um, I just want to say, you know, Matt, Matt, he did a lot for us, and he, you know, mm-hmm. you know, we didn't get Bigfoot magazine off the ground. Uh, but he's doing well. I mean, he's, I'm glad he's doing well. Cause I think, you know, when I think back on now that, you know, he, he you know, and this is probably right. He, he didn't have a lot of confidence in me and I, to like lead Bigfoot magazine up and going. And I think at the time I wasn't ready. Yes. I wasn't ready at all. So, um, I thought I was, but I wasn't. And I'll, and I'll admit that. And I'm, I'm mad enough to admit it. Well, I mean, life happened. You didn't. Yeah. You couldn't have expected what to happen. What did? You know? Yeah. And maybe it just wasn't your path. He found his, no. and you got yours. And yeah, you know, maybe maybe there's a reason for everything. You know. So, but I, I'll, I'll say I'll be honest and say that I I don't think I was ready, and I thought I was, but I wasn't, and um, it didn't it didn't you know it didn't it failed and. I lost track of I lost track with uh, Todd Partain. I you know I lost track with Matt and Chad and it's just one of those things that uh, you know you know I, apart apart from your guy I mean around that time I think everybody in our little our, whatever our, little our, 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 click, our click our click our little little group of friends we all had shit going on for yeah. like that like you know five six however you know, ten year period yeah just. One after the other, you know, because for a while there we were doing our little freelance, go in the woods, like one, you know, once once or twice a season, you know, mm-hmm. in the fall, or and then just just kind of fell off, you know, because people had to, to work, you know, the economy then was not so great, and, yeah, and jobs are hard to find, and you know, everything's out of pocket, and it, it, you gotta you gotta pick your pick your battles, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we. I think Robert and I could agree on because we we suffered a lot there. We met some good people there. There was a lot of good memories mm-hmm. um, from like with George 
You know, when we went to Ron's Chili, you know, uh, Ron's Chili is amazing. George Serwin? Yeah, George, George oh, Serwin. That, um, that dude was so... so yeah, he, he helped us out a, a lot there, too. Um, I'm pretty sure that's another story we can always talk about. No, let's, let's, um, let's, let's go ahead and talk about it now. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> we, got, we got time to kill. We're so. not live. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I mean, this, this is how bad it was for us, Ash. Is that like I was almost done paying off the silver bullet? I had like mm-hmm. I probably had like I don't know like twenty seven hundred dollars or twenty five hundred dollars to pay off it, and I was late on a couple of payments. And I got up to work one day, and I walk outside, and I go to my car, and the car's not there. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see any broken glass, so yeah. I I figured it wasn't stolen. So I called Tulsa PD, and I said, "Hey, did my one of this maybe report my car being stolen, and they said no, no, it wasn't. It was it was uh, repoed. And I go oh, okay. So then <laughs> I called I called the bank where mm-hmm. I, I financed it from, and they said yeah, we took it to Oklahoma City, and you know you were late on this payment, blah blah blah. I said okay, what do I need to do to get it out? This was on a Wednesday. I called off on Wednesday and Thursday. Stephen and I got paid on Friday, <laughs> and yeah. so. Steve and I put our both checks in because at the time, you know, we weren't we weren't making a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So we put no. we, we put both of our checks together that that came out to a little bit over what I owed. And I didn't have a way to go to Oklahoma City. So at the time when I was working at Tulsa, there was a guy there named George Sherwin. He was the coat guy and he was getting ready to retire. And he was like a sweetest one of the sweetest men you ever meet. He's, mm-hmm. a, he's an Eagles fan. Did you say men's? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. One of the sweetest guys you ever meet. I was, I was hoping you didn't notice that. <laughs> you did. <laughs> but he's like so sweet. He's an Eagles fan, but he's really sweet. And, <laughs> and he's like really, really good to me. And like he and I got really close. And so we would, we would talk like after work and, you know, he serviced the building early in the morning. I'd see him early in the morning. We would talk. And then, um, so I called him up and I said, Hey man, hate to do this to you. Cause I, I think at the time I wasn't really talking about it that much. And, um, I called him and I said, Hey man, um, I need a favor. Can you, can you drive me to Oklahoma city? And he goes, yeah. And so, so he, he, he I got off work. He picked me and Steven up, drove us to Walmart to do a money order. And we drove to Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. And I had to pay them, you know, the $2,700. $2, and then I had to pay $300 more because they, they they pulled all everything out of my car and put it in storage. And they charged me for that. Oh, my God. Like, they pulled, like, a CD out, you know, a towel, a shirt, you know, yeah. uh, a scraper. Yeah. And they charged me $300 for it. Yep. So, so I had to pay that. And probably kept all of these changed at the time. <laughs> yeah. So I paid that. And then we got the car back. I got the car. And then I think I had enough money. I think Steve and I have enough money for gas to get back to Tulsa from Oklahoma City. That was it. That's all the money I had for the next two weeks. And yeah. George cooked dinner for me every night. Gave me gas money so I could get back work and he brought me he, he like he wouldn't give me tupperware he gave me like a hard dish mm. he would make stuff for me so, <laughs> yeah. do you remember that steven 
Yeah. I remember I go, man, what, 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 what do we, why do we have 10 dishes? I'm like, oh, wait, yeah, don't pack that. That don't order. Like, I think at the time we we're kind of, I think, packing already too. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, so we're like, yeah, don't don't pack that, don't pack that. That's, that's George. Oh, oh, okay. He's such a good dude, man. I mm-hmm. sweetest heart, and like he was like, he, you know, he had been widowed, and George, I'm sorry for telling the story, but he had been widowed, and and I was trying to get him. I said, hey, have you gone on a date? And he said no. So I went and I you need to quit worrying about other people's dating lives because you get mad when other people do that to you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh. Maybe. <laughs> But um, so I set up like a, a dating website for him and he went on like, like three or four dates No, and he was like super happy. And like, I was long as that dude was happy, I was happy. Right. So, yeah. and he's actually retired now and he's living in Florida with his grandbaby. So he's good. He's happy. Yeah. He's- so I'm happy for him. So, mm-hmm. but he, without him and like, I think Clifton at the time or Clifton at the time fed us too. And yep. he did a lot of good stuff for us too. So I, I, Matt was there in the beginning, and George Serwin and and Clifton were there toward the end. So, yeah, they're they're good people. I mean, I, I know we're talking about Matt here, and um, but I mean everything in the, in a good way with him because he was he's such a good person and he's still a good person, and we just don't talk. So yeah, you look him up. Yeah, so and that guy you went to school with. Michael Michael Nunez. Yeah, you get him on, on the podcasting. Steven, have you have you heard that that story yet? Oh, why does Michael Nunez sound so familiar? Michael Nunez was a guy I went to with at, and we went went to elementary at Maple Lawn in Dallas. Mm-hmm. I met him in second grade, mm-hmm. and we had talked about we had talked about going to Canada and go hunting for Bigfoot, and we were going to do it together. <laughs> Oh. Second, second grade so I remember I remember that story because we were talking about Renee DeHinden and Grover Krantz and I was talking about checking out John Green's book and he was asking me hey what's what's this you're reading I said oh it's John Green and Bigfoot and so we always mention Michael Nunez every now and then yeah because we need to <laughs> I gotta we need to him. look him up and take him out in the woods you know we don't have to go to Canada I <laughs> know right yeah and I was like, could, that's whenever you thought to. yeah we can definitely go to Canada. I mean, not right now. We're probably not allowed. Take my tears they don't want us up there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially us no, uh, here from, from Dallas. <laughs> we got cooties. Um, but yeah, like I, like I was saying, we we have we had good memories. You know, Robert, you saw, I think, Matt's, I hate to bring this up, well, I hope it's okay, but Matt's grandmother. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. So we saw, uh, we saw no, her there. Yeah, we were talking about that the other day because we have a, a visitor. Yeah. That I, I, I don't know. Yeah, we yeah. we have we have a visitor here now, Stephen. Oh, really? Yeah. Or we just ha- think we do because, like the the light above the the kitchen, it gives off a massive amount of EMF, massive amount, uh-huh. like over twenty milligauss. And oh gee, so anytime I'm like at the sink or at the at the stove, I always see somebody walk by all the time in the corner of my eye. And then like I know Ash, you can probably just start better. You you're always sitting at the couch, right? Mm-hmm. And you see somebody like in the hallway or in the or room. in your room because you leave your door open. That's why I had to close it the other night when I was here by myself. Yeah, because I had a little a little whiskey, and it was storming real good. You know, 
perfect perfect climate for that sort of yeah. thing <laughs> but i i get that feeling anyway in the dark hallway and open door like you know just like this ominous feeling anyway. yeah, yeah but, huh. i don't, I don't know that i think it probably just in our head but yeah. you never know but yeah it it, it a- always looks like either someone's walking like into my room or like at the end of the hallway or like in the opposite, you can, you know, it's like it just crossing to a doorway or. Yeah. Mm. So I thought I saw it. Just a while ago too, like over there when where the washing dryer is, I don't know if you saw me, I looked, but you know, it could have been somebody actually walking outside. What were you saying, Steven? I was going to say, I'm going to be like those people online. It's a demon. (laughs) Tell me your name, demon. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what's up, demons? It's your boy, Steven. <laughs> I seen a thing where it was one of those, um, like a bullshit astrology one, and the top one was yeah. like a whole bunch of like you know Scorpios, whatever. And it's like, fuck you, demons. And the down where mine was at the bottom was like, bye, ghost. I love you. <laughs> and I'm like, this. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> and I'm like. Yeah, and basically, yeah. Don't mess with me while I'm a sleeper in the bathroom or in the shower. <laughs> so, um, so Stephen was saying, like when we were in Tulsa, Matt and I'm sorry, Matt, but his his grandmother had just passed away, mm-hmm. and um, right before we had moved there, she had just passed away, and I was sitting. I think Matt has like a really long hallway, like from the living room, and it's like you can see like. It's one hallway, and it you know it has um, you know the kitchen and all the bedrooms are all connected to it. Stephen and Matt were in the far the, down at the end of the hallway on on the left, the last room on the left. I was I can't remember what I was watching, but I was watching something with uh, Shotzi. Shotzi was on my lap, and mm-hmm. um, and then I somebody walked out of the bedroom on my left. On the right, going to going left, and I saw somebody walk through. And as soon as I saw it, Shotzi's head popped up too. So at the same time, we both looked, and I whispered to Shotzi, "I go, did you see that? Because I know I did." And he goes, "Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, man's grandma." So, and you go, "What the fuck?" Yeah. <laughs> and so, but yeah, yeah. I think at the time, I, all I saw was like silver hair, curly hair, or wavy hair. Uh, the back of her nightgown and uh, her left elbow. That's all I saw. And I got up. I shot. She jumped off and went went behind went behind the TV. And I walked into the the kitchen, and like three of the cabinets were open. It's like on the on the on the Sixth Sense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like on the Sixth Sense. So then I walk mm. I walked down to the end of the hallway to go talk to Stephen and Matt, and I said, I think I just saw your grandma. And he goes, where? I go, coming from the room to the kitchen. She goes, yeah, she usually goes and gets, like, tea and makes tea. And I go, oh, man. That was her room, too. Yeah, that was her room that uh, his stepkids were now in. Um, so it was kind of odd. So. And that, I think, I think right after that, too, like, a couple week, uh, weeks later, like, I remember, remember you used to drop me off early in the morning there? Yeah. And like Matt would still be asleep, and it would just be me and or Shotzi or Roddy. Roddy, Roddy was outside smoking, 
and I was in the kitchen getting like a hot pocket or something, getting like, is it breathtaking? Yeah, it was, um, it was breathtaking. You know, I was, yeah, I was heating one up, and then you know he had on the hallway he had that mirror. Yeah, that long mirror, and you can kind of see if you're in the kitchen at the right angle, you could see the the computer room that he was at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember the 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 it was really, like the computer is always on. It never he never puts it to where it goes to sleep, so it's always on. Yeah, and there was like it was real. The light was dull. It was like a, like somebody was standing in front of it. And I was looking at the mirror. I goes that was that Roddy? No, that Roddy's still outside. And then whenever I, I looked again, like kind of a little closer, it like shot out the room and went down the I the do, other side of the hallway. I do remember that. Grandma quit running. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh shit, okay. And I remember like I got like the chills down my spine, guys. First and, thing like, in the morning. I mean, come on. Yeah, first thing in the morning. It was like five in the morning. <laughs> I think I left my hot pocket there, and I was like, "Oh shit, I forgot my, my hot pocket." <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that it's, it's breathtaking. Go back in; it's got a bite mm-hmm. out of it. <laughs> yep, go back in. There's like a bite out of it, and so sorry. <laughs> well, so yeah, so like I said, we yeah we had some stuff going on there. So, mm-hmm. um, but I, I think you know, like I was saying in the long run, um, you know, Matt. Matt made the right decision, you know, and he went with this other dude and they're, cause I think right now Bigfoot Crossroads has got like 3 million views. So it's, it's doing well. Yeah. And he's doing well and I'm, I'm happy for him. So, so I think, I think, you know, it, it I had to go try to do it cause Bigfoot magazine is one of those things that I had to do it. I had to try to do it because if I didn't, if I didn't, I would have, I would be thinking now, I said, man, what if I just tried Right. Like what if I just, you know, if I go back in time, I could just try it and see. At least I know I did it. It didn't work. I came back, and now I'm right where I need to be. Bigfoot Club for life. Too sweet. Yeah, I don't know if it's for that long, but. Too sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to retire sometimes. I know, but I'm saying Big, Bigfoot Club. You know, once we're gone, we'll hand it on. This this is going to be the babies. Is <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see Batchy and Cardo doing this big time. Yep. You know, they wouldn't be. They wouldn't even be talking about Bigfoot. They'd be talking about Woody, Buzz. Yeah. Um, your toy, Kiki, stuff like that. Kiki and Mimi. <laughs> maybe yeah, they'll Mimi. maybe they'll move on to like you know the big Kiki and Mimi. <laughs> <laughs> Play-Doh. Yeah. We should just record. Gummy bears. We should do that. I'm just I'll, sitting here thinking, it's like, we should record a show. I'll let. For Justin, like, you know, so we can yeah. have a week off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. I just do it for the, yeah, for the week, guys. So, um, but, you know, I I just think back on it now that, you know, he, he he's doing good. And I'm glad. And um, everything, everything worked out well. And, you know, I'm back in Texas. Which I know my mom's happy, you know, grandma, mm-hmm. grandma, she's happy. So that we're back in Texas mm-hmm. and I'm doing, I'm doing a Bigfoot club and I'm writing comic books for my older brother. And so it's, everything's meant to be this way. Yep. So anywho, that Blair, I got the, got, you know, got the, got the boys. Yep. Got the little gravies going. So, mm-hmm. and now I live here. 
Yeah, and then and then Ash is here. It now. took me a damn decade. Yeah, because yeah. I had that a similar story going on with a whole bunch of other horrible shit keeping me from Texas, and then finally, it's just like remember when you're, when you're picking a lock and like just all the cylinders fall into place. And remember, I used to always mm-hmm. I used to always message you all the time. So you're moving to Texas. Remember, I used to always message. And you? I'm like, uh, I don't have any money. <laughs> all my money goes to bills and food, and then. Maybe I would have $40. And I go, so you're moving to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a car. I'm like, are you going to come pick me up? So I know, I know you're mad at me about the Hanoba stuff. Never, right? You never came and picked me up. Yeah. I should you're going to be mad when you see how close Antlers is to my hometown. Yeah. <laughs> it's like an hour and a half, maybe two hours. <clears throat> oh, man. <laughs> that. One thing I do miss about Tulsa is the rent price. My gosh. Yeah. A, a one bedroom in Tulsa at the time in 2009 was $340. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like that in, in Daiquain, but. Is it really? But all of the places that do cost that much are not great places to live. Oh, I see. <laughs> it's not exactly ideal. Up, it's not very good. Let me, I'll just say that, like, my last trailer home that I, I rented from mm-hmm. my um, my seventh grade science teacher. That was a horrible idea. But uh had literal holes in the floor and I remember you telling they me they just this. put carpet over it and it was like uh hey don't don't step there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Basically. That. And like my step cat <laughs> where the wash and dryer was supposed to be like the vent. It was just a hole in the floor all the way to the ground my cats would come in and out the way dang <laughs> yeah Damn. and i had squirrels would be in my bathroom drawers like there was literally acorns dang, in, in my bathroom drawers where they you were, were hiding. You, you were like basically like green acres <laughs> no i was poor method town with slum lords green acres place to be so mm-hmm. i didn't have a pig <clears throat> yet <laughs> Or a track or a tractor. No, no, no. We got <laughs> we got those after that trailer was nice. Or <laughs> we had the piggy. So, <laughs> any idea, any thoughts on Bigfoot magazine or before we close it out? Uh, I mean, it was a it was a good um, learning lesson. I would say. Um, yeah. It, yeah, it's just I'm 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 just glad you didn't do it by yourself, you know. Yeah. So uh, I'm glad I went with you to learn the experience of uh, Oklahoma because I think that was the first time I ever been out of state, yeah. like out of Texas, state wise. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I've never been. I'm, I've only been to the Hanobo, Hanobo, and uh, Hanobo, uh, Hanobo, <laughs> um, part of it, and. Um, Oh yeah, who's And I still haven't had hideaway pizza. You believe that? Yeah, I hadn't had hideaway. So take you guys. Yeah, I thought you. I thought you did. Yeah. To ho- to hideaway? Ho- no. To Hocha Town to get you some uh, Grateful Head pizza. Let's like, do it. Yeah, that's you know. <clears throat> it's basically. I'm glad that. Oh, go ahead. That's how I was sorry. Oh, I was just saying that place is like you know, it's right there. Not that like. In that in the Kaimichis. Kaimichis, yeah. Yeah. At, <laughs> at Beaver's Bay. Kaimichi. 
Yeah. Um, but no, I was going to say I'm glad that I, I went to got to experience Bishops. Yeah. Bishops was amazing. Yeah, it was that was a restaurant we used to go to all the time, and they had like the best chicken. The best the chicken. chicken there. Best? Was, was, amazing. was amazing. Is that better than mine? <clears throat> no. That's the right answer. <laughs> but but uh, I, I haven't I haven't had it, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you should. It's, it was it was delicious. Good shit, man. Um, fried like, chicken. Yeah. 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 She made fried chicken. Oh man. Oh man. Ash made fried chicken last time when uh, our our friend John Doe was here. Yeah. So. Oh okay. Yeah yeah you, yeah I need to stop by there to get some chicken. Simone. Um, mm-hmm. And gummy bears. Yeah, Yay! We, yeah, we're so happy. Yeah, we we have gummies here too. Oh yeah, the boys will be happy. Um, so yeah, Bishops had really good fried chicken, and they had a, we had a we had a tornado in Tulsa, and it knocked no it out. way, it knocked it out. I don't believe you. Yeah, I don't believe you. There was a tornado in Oklahoma. There was a there was one. It, 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 landed, it landed right behind Bishops. And knocked out their power, and they lost all their food, all their freezer, and they went oh, out of business. Lame. And like I was trying to get, I was trying to get, I was telling Clifton about it. I go, this is the best chicken ever. And he goes, okay, I'll go there. Okay, I'll go. And he never went, and it closed. And then a tornado. Yeah, and a tornado hit it. And God said no. He's like, hey, I, hey, I have all the time in the world now to go to Bishop's. That's not there anymore. Yeah. So it was so. Uh, yeah, because I remember there was a couple of times like, hey, uh, call Clifton. Let's go. Let's go yeah, get some Bishop's. And he's like, uh, yeah, he didn't answer. He's yeah. busy or something, so we'll go to Bishop's by ourselves. He wanted to go to Boston Market. <laughs> Boston Market. He, did, he didn't know it was a restaurant. Right. He, he didn't know it was a restaurant. Uh, Clifton, because he would, he would buy Boston Market meals at, at Walmart. And I would tell him, I said, you know that's a restaurant, right? And he goes, it is? I go, yeah. <laughs> it's a restaurant. What? Yeah, he, did, he didn't know. <laughs> He thought he thought it was just oh, like, he he thought it was just like an entree meal or something. I said, no. Or a brand. I go, no, dude, it's a restaurant. We, when you come here, we'll we it's have to go there. So And then we went next door last time. Yeah. <laughs> we went Chinese. Yeah. Always uh, miss that place. But Yeah, I went to Chinese already. At at the the good one. Yeah. You should uh, <laughs> you should take Ash to that pizza like right right behind you guys. Is it best pizza ever? Really? No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Did you like, tell me you thought it was a front for something yeah, else? Yeah, because like Steve and I went there one time for one. We ordered one pizza. It was like forty bucks. Wow. One yeah. pizza, two toppings, uh, maybe some drinks. It's forty bucks. Was I it said, any good? No, yeah, it was. It's horrible. No, it was very mediocre. And they they've was, been open. I never see them drive off. I never see them deliver. I mean, I maybe I see them once or twice, I but I see people eating pizza in the parking lot sometimes. <laughs> yeah, drug dealers. The front, the front. Hey, listen. <laughs> if it was legalized, they wouldn't have to have a front. It could just be here's our this. I don't know, but whatever they're doing. I don't a, know. Well, it depends on what they're doing. Yeah, I don't know if I want to legalize. It's a front, it's whatever it is, but anyway. So we just named him. <laughs> no, no. Really. no. <laughs> no, probably well, not. I'm, 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 this is a good neighborhood. Oh, you sound like somebody from east, from <laughs> from the east coast. <laughs> I realize what it is. It's part like one of my uh, my Vanderpump girls. That's like her sarcastic, whatever. Her when, voice. Her voice. Part. <laughs> 
Randy St. James from Zack and Mary. And part the the lady from uh, Beetlejuice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like, really, Smoker? Yeah. But there's a lot of Randy St. James in there. Hey. I, I <laughs> what, and a little bit of Lala. Was, was, wasn't I do, like, Luke's voice like that, too? Huh? When when I do Luke's voice yeah. like that, hey, <laughs> hey Bob. So you can't do it like that. No, no. <laughs> so <laughs> that's Lala and Randy. Um. Well, we we can uh, we need to close it out. Okay. So. After I just gave him Lala. You guys, you guys ready for the wrestling portion of this show? Yeah. <laughs> Steven? of course. <laughs> Of course. So, come, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. Um, coming up next. <laughs> coming up next is the segment where I do uh, wrestling talk with Earl, Earl the Pearl. So, what well, I love. So yeah, this week's a really good segment. We we talk pretty good about wrestling, and uh, we talk about all the shows. And and if you listen closely, you can hear me make a sandwich in the background. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so. Um, we talk about his kids and we talk about your about uh Sebastian and Ricardo too, Steven. Oh, do you really? Yeah. Cause he was saying, Man, I got I gotta meet Steven's kids. <laughs> cause like his Yeah, because they're, they're they're smart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His, his his little girl, I think she's like seven or eight, uh, she's asking uh Earl, he goes, Hey, are you gonna do the podcast with your friend? No Daddy? <laughs> Cause, Cause he probably thinks that he's like a big time internet whatever. Yeah. Cause like, like Bella did that. <laughs> For one of Michelle's, she like did some like bow tutorials or something mm-hmm. like that, like years and years ago. And she, she messaged me, she's like, "My mom is a YouTube star." Okay, because <laughs> she had like two wow. videos posted on there. It's a statement or a question? <laughs> no, no, she was telling me. She's like, "I can't believe that." I was like, "Well, you know, I'm on YouTube too." I'm on the YouTube. She didn't care about that. Yeah. <laughs> So, well. so I'm probably I'm probably not going to cut a lot of this out. Uh, thinking back at it now, I may cut that guy's name out. Yeah. So. Well, may just oh may just cut his name out Cause, just can you, put, can you put a beep over it? I could, I guess. <laughs> I guess I could put a beep over it. Yeah, you could. I his could, name I, is what? I know his name is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I, and I haven't done sounds on here in a while. You know, no, you have not. Why is that? Oh, okay. You know, just because we. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot about that one. You still, have, you still have the bowling strike. Who? Who? You still have the bowling strike? Yeah, bowling strike. I do. I think it's uh, yeah, it's right here. Finish him. Oh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear bowling pins make that noise. <laughs> Yeah, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Sorry. <laughs> I remember you said you said that on, on one of the episodes. You said bowling like right as soon as you said bowling. I was like, he was waiting for that. He was waiting for that. Yes, I still have this one too. Bitch ass. <laughs> That's the one you should use. <laughs> yeah. Bitch ass. <laughs> The one you should use. Yeah, I should do it over. His over. name His was name. Bitch Ass. Good idea. <laughs> it's done. It is done. <laughs> I'm putting that one on it. 
just for that. That is great. That is great. So his name was Bitch Ass. <laughs> That's awesome. That's his name now. <laughs> so we referred to him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when me and Bitch Ass funny. were over here, you should you should have heard her uh, the other day. When she came home, I was I was in the bedroom watching TV, and I see her go to the kitchen, mm-hmm. and I knew where she was going. She was going straight to the freezer to go to get ice cream, which I already finished yeah. that day. Oh no! And she started cussing <laughs> at you. <laughs> she opened the thing. She goes, "Where is the bitch ass?" Like she said, <laughs> "Real." <laughs> I go, "I heard that." She goes, "You finished the ice cream?" I was like, "Yes," because I was dealing with screaming kids. Well, you should have texted her, man. You should have got on Uber Eats and ordered her something right there. Yeah, man. That's what we did today. Yeah, we 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 ordered Uber Eats today. I got a Sonic Blast. Oh, you had Sonic? Oh, you got Sonic? Simone? Yeah. Sonic is the best. But I I like for you to go there and feel uncomfortable about not tipping them or tipping them. (laughs) I like seeing you. He has such an anxiety attack. Yeah. Whatever, about like they come here's your order. Yeah, about that's tipping them or not tipping them. To, that's why you never want to. I feel out. I feel obligated, like I have to tip them, and I I only do, it and I have cash. I <laughs> just I just I just feel bad. I mean, that's you can't you have a credit. I know, but I'm I'm saying I feel bad, and like Stephen likes to see me squirm because I can't tip them. <laughs> so uh, he goes hey, when they come in. He goes, okay, you ordered a. You ordered a so so blast uh, a tea cheeseburger and fries. Here you go. <laughs> he goes, yeah, that's what that's what I ordered. And, he, and then she goes, any condiments? Uh, no. And then she'll like she'll stand there. He goes, okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> like he doesn't know it. Yeah, it's like, oh man, come on. You're like, I should have tipped it. I was like, oh well. I, uh, you should have recorded. <laughs> I should. <laughs> I really should. Next time we'll, we'll do that. We'll go there. Simone. Mm-hmm. No, you Simone. won't. Hello? Uh, yeah, that wasn't me. Um, Hello? Yeah. Can you can you hear us? Okay. All right. Yeah, I can hear you. All right. Okay. We are officially one minute and 34 seconds over. <laughs> so We've been done for like five minutes. I know, really? Yeah. yeah. So... Oh, no. Anywho, um, thanks for being on, Stephen, and giving your insight on yeah. uh, Bigfoot Magazine. So yeah, it was good to have your insight on it because I, you know, because you and I, you and I never talked about that, have we? No, we kind of just we kind of swept it under the rug on, on for a while. Yeah, uh, we'd bring it up here and there, like yeah, we were in Tulsa for yeah. Uh, so uh, how's the wine years. business going? Dumb. How's the wine business? He's doing Joe, <laughs> Joe Rogan. <laughs> Listen, have you ever done DMT? I was talking about DMT the other day, so I can't say shit and I haven't yeah. done it. But <laughs> oh, Joe Rogan, I love him, but Jesus Christ! Well, because I was so thinking about ADHD. it, I was thinking about it like because everybody has similar well, not everybody, but a lot of people have similar hallucinations where they see like these goblin creatures, mm-hmm. and how they describe them sounds like oh, well, you know, certain little things that come out of caves. Yeah, but they describe them as like the ushers to where you reach a higher plane, and they're just there to tell you it's okay, don't freak out, just live in the moment, and right. everything's good, everything's love, and you know how you're telling me like at that one spot that you guys were getting all these herbs, 
from your footies out there and possibly they were hallucinogens and it's like well maybe they know some shamanistic shit and maybe all of that's connected you know yeah (sighs) yeah so i think about shit like that at work when i have nothing to do i think about it all the time too so I lo- but but Joe that. Rogan saw those things and he said they were telling him I love you three hundred thousand three hundred sixty five times look at this and then <laughs> and then he would say so how the wine business <laughs> yep so look at this all right so thanks for being on Stephen uh, mm-hmm. we're gonna close it out from here and we're gonna go to the wrestling portion of the show say it again. and the end goodbye all right thanks Stephen. Alrighty, man. Hey, everybody. Robert Jesse Dominguez, and this is the portion where we talk wrestling with Earl the Pearl. Earl, how are you? Yes. Doing good. Man, I have to say, you mess with me because you'll do on on the other part, you'll be like, uh, you know, this is Bigfoot Club. I'm your host, Robert Dominguez. I'm like, why are you saying your middle name? (laughs) And then like now you're like, oh, this is Robert Jesse Dominguez. I'm like, I don't know what to believe. (laughs) That's that's awesome. You know, I don't know. It's it's just like whenever I feel, I don't know. I just wing it, so... No, that's fine. I just think it's funny because I'll listen and you'll do it. And I'm like, why is he saying his middle name? And it'll be like two weeks. I mean, third week, you'd be like, full name. I'm like, I don't know what's going on anymore. What is reality? <laughs> uh, uh, somebody pinch me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so, so good. So good. Um, did you watch Raw this week? I did indeed. You didn't or you did? I did. No, I did. Okay. I did indeed. What? What? Sorry, I didn't space my words. What? Uh, what? What stood out on you on Raw? Um. So the whole uh, I, I like Edge's promo. Yeah, I thought he did really well. I like um, that he called himself the PG superstar, and then he worked into how Randy Orton has made him back into the R-rated superstar. So I'm interested with that because I don't know if we've talked about it before. Yeah, we did. We talked about it um, two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And I felt really stupid because I couldn't remember what it was called. But when we were talking about uh, how Britt Baker's over and she's promoing, and I couldn't remember that it was called the Flair for the gold. I feel stupid. I felt stupid. I couldn't remember it at the time, but I was shopping. But... You don't, you can be injured, but you don't have to wrestle to make that a great buildup. Yeah. Because or, they have really bad problems. Yeah. And they have really bad problems, the WWE does, of not building it up. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of like what you said about like impact. Either at one point they had really good wrestlers and not, uh, not enough. Yeah, not good writing, or they have really great writing and not good wrestlers. Yeah. WWE is really good at either not having a good buildup, and they just introduce a match, and it's a great match, or they have a really big buildup, and the match sucks. Kind of yeah. like the House of Horrors match. That was great. Randy Orton burned down Sister Abigail's house. Yeah. But the match was, eh. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think it was. So a, it was a. It was like it was a good match, but it was just the wrong time to do it. I thought. Yeah, yeah, and it, and and it was just really bad. So I hope because, like I said, Randy Orton and Edge's matches have been great since the beginning. You know, since he's come back, yeah. WrestleMania was great. You know, uh, the last match was amazing. All the different callbacks they had and stuff at Backlash. Yeah. So, but it would be really good because you can be hurt and still play mind games with Randy Orton. Yeah. Because Randy Orton listens to the voices in his head, but he's kind of like that friend. And I, I fall to that sometime where I'm like, I'm really good at talking smack, but when you talk smack to me, I let it get to me. And then I'm butthurt sometimes. Yeah. And Randy Orton's character is really good at that. Like he's good at being kind of like the cerebral assassin, kind of like what triple H is. But if you get inside his head, he's not good with dealing with that. The character wise, not Randy Orton himself, but, but the Viper's character and edge is really good at getting in people's heads. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if you look back in the years, he's done that a lot. So I think even him hurt, you can have really great vignettes and really great backstage segments and stuff. Um, and he doesn't have to wrestle. He can get better. And then he can cut those cool, like he's in a dark place. So his promo this week was the dark background with the white ropes. Mm. So I thought that was, I thought that was a really good display of what they were trying to say. Like my kid, my daughter was like, well, daddy, why is, why is it so dark? And I'm like, well, you have, to, I was like, you know, how do you tell a nine year old the, 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 what you interpret it to be? So I was like, I think it's, he's in a dark place. So it's representing the black background. It's yeah. his dark place. And the white ropes is they're still a little bit there, but the dark's going to win over. And that's the way that I perceive that. So I thought that was really good. Um, and then the other thing that I liked about raw, um, no, I didn't like it. We all, I don't like the whole brick flair says Randy Orton is the greatest wrestler of all time. I didn't, I didn't, yeah. I was like, come on. I understand you're, you're doing that, but I'm like, ah, it's like, I get upset when Ric Flair makes random appearances just because he hasn't been talked about in a while. Yeah. So I didn't, I mean, it's good for the story, but that's what, that's the thing I didn't like. I'm like, I get it, Rick, you're a bad guy. I don't, I love you, but I don't need to see you on my TV. I mean, you know, it's good when you're like celebrating with right. Charlotte and all but I mean, it would, it makes sense if like Randy and edge weren't good at telling the, Telling the story during the match, and they're really good at telling yes. the story in the match. If, if and then, then yes. if he stepped in, and you know, then then he's going to need help. But th- those guys, that, you know, on on that pay per view backlash, they told mm-hmm. a really great story. I mean, it was it yes. was it the greatest wrestling match of all time? No, but it was it was they no. t- they told a great story, and they didn't have to do like yes. you know moon salts and no. uh, jumping no. off the top rope. They didn't need all that because they told a story. They no. they showed like how how Edge was in doubt and like Randy was was pouncing on it, and then they mm-hmm. it, it switched. So yep. I don't know. That was and they did a bunch of. I'm gonna, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about that match. But no, the, the story they told because they even did a bunch of throwbacks. Now, like last week, Ric Flair was used. To, I, I hate it. Like I said, I I love it when. Like I said, I love it when you use objects that don't hurt to make it look like it hurts. Yeah, I love that. But on the flip side of the coin, I don't like it when you use somebody. They're not needed. Last week for Christian, that was good. You know, Ric Flair was like, hey, man, you shouldn't do this. 
And then Christian's like, you know what, Rick, I have to, I don't like the way you talk to me. And then he came back out and you know, Rick Flair's bad, but then Christian's like, I got this. And then he, you know, helped Randy Orton beat Christian. That was fine. Yeah. That's how you use Ric Flair. Ric Flair is going to try to get you, you know, try to seem like he's your, he's your friend and then he's going to turn on you. And that's fine. I'm happy about that. But like this week, it's like, I don't need to know that you think Randy Orton is the greatest wrestler ever. We already know that. You don't have to tell me that. Yeah. So that's the part I didn't really care for. But I mean, Smack, I mean, Raw was good all, in general. I thought it was good. Um, for what it was, I liked the Street Profits match. I thought that was really good. Yeah, I was gonna say, I was gonna say that, uh, you know, because a couple of podcasts ago, I wasn't a big fan. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a big fan of of the of the uh, of all the videos of of them, mm-hmm. uh, you know, competing against. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, War Machine. I'm gonna call them War Machine. I'm not gonna call them. I love War Machine. <laughs> I agree. That's so, who they are. <laughs> so, but I, I really like what the what they've come to right now because they're actually really good friends, and mm-hmm. and they respect each other. It's almost like an old western, a little bit, you know. Yeah, where they where they meet I up, agree. where they meet up, they don't really get along. They fight. And then they have respect for each other, and the very end, they're friends. Yep. <laughs> so kind of like kind of like Cesaro and Sheamus. Yeah, I mean exactly. Cesaro and Sheamus are really great friends in real life, and they did the same kind of thing. They they worked through their problems, and now they're great. And it also helped out too because now you ended that storyline. They walked off, and then you have the new team jump over. And I liked what they did with Cesaro and Nakamura. He was yelling at Michael Cole, tell me I'm wrong. You're not wrong. It's true. You're not wrong. But then they came back in to help. So I liked because that was very, very good. Because WWE has a bad problem with tag teams. Like WWE, McMahon hates tag teams. Yeah. But they, they ended that chapter very good. And then they immediately started with the new chapter. And I'm, I like that. I hate it whenever they end it and then they don't do anything with them for months. Like they have that really right. bad with tag teams as they'll, they'll end a really great tag team thing. And then you don't ever hear about the tag team division again for three months until they decide, Oh, Hey, we haven't had tag teams in a while. So I like how they're transitioning into that. So I thought that was really good too. I would also like, and uh, to me, this I've never been a big fan of the of the twenty four seven championship, but I, I like <laughs> I like what they're doing uh, to South. Uh, I, I mean, he's not yeah. he's not you know because normally you bring him out and he's in a squash match most of the time, mm-hmm. and nope. I I like this side of him because they're they're showing this other ah. side of him that he's fun, he can be funny, yeah. and so mm-hmm. and the same thing. Oh, I love that. So to me, that was kind of good. So I don't know. Yeah, and it's given our truth time because he's the most. He is the most. And still, he is one of the most over over champions they have. Yeah, he was given. He was given a really horrible looking belt, and he made it into something great. Yeah, he and did. that's what our truth. That's what our truth is. Our truth is so good, and they kind of kind of like with Becky Lynch. Look what happened. They slept on her, and then when she got that push, look what she did. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Same thing with our truth. They slept on him. I, I would hope he was like, just give me this and I'll make this great. And they, they trusted him kind of like with uh, the new day, look at their original gimmick that they had. It yeah. was, and I'm going to say it. And I'm, and I, and a lot of people I've talked to have agreed. It was very stereotypically uh, demeaning for them because they're all African-Americans 
and they were put into really horrible stereotypical roles. You had like Big E as like James Brown. You had Xavier Woods. I don't remember who they were portraying, but that lasted two weeks, and they're like, this isn't us. Let us be us. And then the New Day became eight-time world champions. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I, so, hated, I hated them at first, but now I, I love them. Man, it was so bad. Like I, I, I cringed when I watched the original New Day vignettes. I was like, yeah. "This is not good. I don't understand why they're doing this." So, but yeah, I like our truth. And like I said, he messed up that one time with the name of the city, and then he played that as a gag yeah. for like two years, and it was good. Yeah. But, so, yeah, I liked it a lot, and I hope that they, I hope that they let the twenty four seven championship, even though it is a gimmick belt. I hope they at least let it be like what the hardcore champion was. The hardcore championship was horrible, yeah. but they gave it to mankind and he made it into greatness. There were so many good matches with like the hardcore title. So I hope they are actually do that. They actually transition that they, into something where it can be good. They need to change how it looks and then maybe change, change its like scope on, on the card. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> yeah, anyway, I agree. Let's, let's go ahead and jump to impact. Um, there's a lot, okay. there's a lot to talk about impact. Um, Oh my God! Tessa, so much. Tessa Blanchard got let go, and <sighs> the rumor was on that one because, like, she was stuck in Mexico because I think she got yeah married. she got married to some dude I can't remember the guy's name, but for the life of me, <laughs> but she married some guy in Mexico and she got stuck in Mexico so during the yeah. the quarantine, and so Impact asked her to make because as of right now she's still oh that's on the, right she's on the card for Slammiversary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they asked her to drop it, and they asked her. They asked her to do some, to, you know, to do some vignettes or some, you know, some uh-huh. promo stuff, and she refused to do it. Oh my gosh! And so they they cut her, and I, you know, I'm kind of thinking that AEW is like whispering inside of here. I was about to say because, I, I, like I said, I mean, I read a lot of different reports yeah. from different things, like either PW Insider. Yeah, uh, some of them you have to take with a grain of salt, like uh, Bleacher. And Sportskeeda, yeah. I think is how you say it. Um, but then also, I, I'm in a couple Facebook Facebook groups, and one Facebook group, the dude that's the admin over that is is really good at like, hey, this is what I read. Take it with a grain of salt, or hey, guys, this has been verified by like this site and this site, but still take it with a grain of salt. You know what I'm saying? So he's really good at that. Um, and I had read back whenever um, Ty Dillinger was starting to get the was starting to get the big push. I know we talked about him before in AEW yeah. about how some people say he's not getting the push, but he, I believe he is. But they they were like your dad's over there. If you get if you were to get let go by a by Impact, that would be a good. And they're trying to build up that division. So I think, like oh, you man, said, that's... I think that would be it. Would be a bad move for Impact. But I think that would be good for adding an extra layer for AEW because yeah. you do have, you know, over there you do have some dominant women, but your women's division is lacking. I don't. I'm not saying on um, part of their women's division to hire like 80 women. Yeah. But if you could get like two or three more really credible names, then you can have a really good rotation because they're still doing an AEW. They're still doing the whole. Um, you know, uh, uh, the native beast, Nyla Rose, there we go. Nyla Rose. Yeah. She's still looming for her rematch, but you're giving Priscilla, uh, not Priscilla. What is, what's his face? His wife's name. Ford. Uh, yeah. 
Penelope Ford. Thank yeah. you. Sorry. I always get the, the both of them, Priscilla, Priscilla Presley and Penelope Ford, get them mixed up. But she's getting her shot. Is she going to win it? I don't know. But at least you're doing that because she's been doing really good. She stepped up to the plate. Yeah, she but did. But if you could just add, yeah, and with Britt Baker actually really hurt, that kind of killed some of their storylines. So if you could get... If you could get her or another couple really big names, then I think they'd have like that solid. So I think it's a good move for her. I wouldn't. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if she went there. Yeah. So um, also, Joey Ryan got let go. That speak out movement. Joe, Joey Ryan and yep. and Dave Chris with uh, yeah OVW and also Michael England England. I always get his name. Uh, Elgin. Elgin, 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 Eglin, whatever. Yeah. I didn't know if he was part of the speak out thing, but yeah, yeah that's yeah, he was. really big. And I, I read a report that someone was like, if this is true, good. They need to learn their lesson. But one of the things I read, they were saying, uh, it was a, I forget what female wrestler it was. I don't think it was Victoria. It was someone else, but they were like, Kind of like they were saying, kind of like, are you, is this, did this really happen? Yeah. Are you using it as revenge? She said she's not taken away from any of it. If it actually happened, you need to tell your story. But kind of like with the other kind of movements they had, yeah. you've got to be careful because it could be a revenge thing. And then you get, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. she's like, you know, put it out there, do that, but just know that, you know, there could be some reports that aren't true, but yeah, speak up. And even with that, I mean, look what's happened with the one guy we're talking about when we get to NXT, he is probably going to be gone too, because yeah. there's been a lot more allegations outside mm-hmm. of the whole, what he, what he told them about. There's even worse allegations now. So yeah, there's a lot of people, even in NXT UK, that speak out movement is hitting a bunch of people. And yeah. some I didn't even, some of them I didn't even see. I was like, oh my God. So yeah, it's crazy. So like there's four spots on impact. that got let go. Tessa Blanchard, uh, mm-hmm. Michael, Dave Crisp, uh, mm-hmm. Joey Ryan. Um, so, you know, I don't know if you noticed that uh, when watching it um, at the very end, there was a uh, uh, D lo was in the back, you know, doing something. Yes. He had on, on the back of his chair. Yeah. Aces yeah. Eight. Aces he picked eight. it up. He, Oh my God. They're Aces starting that eights. up again. So, so slam anniversary is coming up on July the 18th. And there that's, that's going to be Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson, probably. So, God, I'm so happy so. that I'm not going to lie to you. That, that was one of my favorite favorite factions the the original incarnation yeah started to go the nwo route and they squashed it quick yeah which because remember when nwo had the red and the white the yeah. red and black and white and black yeah but then they just they just accepted like eight million wrestlers and i was like this is stupid you're getting bad aces and eights started doing that and they but i love that entire storyline i oh so and then, they, and then the other part that was messed up is they did the flashback on Impact, and yeah. they showed Luke Gallows getting unmasked. Yeah, so um, <laughs> they're they're also they're also talking about a former world champion coming back. So that could be EC3, that could be uh, Eric Young, that could be let's see who else was a world champion, uh, Bully Ray. Um, that would make more sense if you're doing the Aces and Eights. Yeah, so. Um, 
that's what I'm kind of thinking. So I'm kind of I'm kind of excited about it. I mean the yeah. the the card they had it, it was it was it was decent. I mean they had uh, Diana Prazo, mm-hmm. you know, taking on uh, mm-hmm. Eddie Edwards' wife. I don't really think she's a really good wrestler, but she, no, she's not. She, she always <laughs> she always gets squashed all the time, but. <laughs> But uh, you know the build up, and it was. I think this is was the very first one that I didn't see Rosemary on. So unless I missed it or something, um, I didn't see her. Yeah, she wasn't on that one. So no. But, but it, you know, um, it's it's good to talk about this one because like it was not even about the card. It was mostly like you know what's happened. But yeah, so bad. But you know what though, with everything that's going on, you got to call them out now because yeah. if you don't, then it's going to be very bad. But yeah, it's interesting to see like a, with this transition over to WWE, they got a WWE has a really bad problem. Like with Randy Orton, how many times did Randy Orton's thing get covered up? Yeah, that's true. And and I saw a report that was talking about it that they're like, if they're doing this, um, and people get let go, what are you going to do about Randy Orton? Because you can't just say, oh, that happened before this did it. It's fine. So I that worries me too because. He's been put on administrative leave or whatever you call it so many times yeah. while they've dealt with it. So I don't I don't know what it's gonna be, but yeah, like I saw the report where they said like the dream pretty much numbered. Um but then the NXT UK, like Tyler like I got confused Tyler Bates. Yeah. The good young boy. And I got confused when I saw it and I thought it said Tyler Breeze and I had to think, I'm like, why is Tyler Breeze on this list? Because yeah. I love Tyler Breeze. Yeah. And I had to reread it like three times. I'm like, oh, no, not Tyler. But now Pete Dunn is getting investigated because yeah. his name's on that big list. Uh, it's like a quarter of the NXT UK uh, lineup is just all being yeah, hit for the Speak Up movement. Allegations and stuff. Um, yeah. Let's, let's jump over to AEW. Um, yes. The best thing that uh, uh, probably the best match that I that I watched was uh, mm-hmm. uh, SCU versus FTR. That was probably the best match, and it was a good setup for Fighter Fi- Fighter Fest. You know. Yes. Was, so I'm really happy for FTR. I'm so happy for them because they're finally mm-hmm. in their element, and uh, and I think you know I think they're I think you know I, for for a while I didn't think they were mentioned as one of the the great tag teams of the world and i you know mm-hmm. I, I you know i changed my mind on it so yeah they they were used properly in AEW, and then they got the curse of the call up so i, I that's one thing i want to say about AEW is i, I hope they can make new because i read a report that said if they don't start making new content that they could lose their tv contract and i hope that's not the case because they are so good at using the people yeah. that have been misused. And that's, and that's a sign that one Tony Khan is trusting whoever their talent acquisition scout is. I don't even know who that is. Uh, Cause I know Billy Gunn is over the production. Yeah. And I know, I don't, I know, Cody I don't know. And them. Cody and Kenny and the Bucks. I would really hope that they let Jr. do talent acquisition because he's he was talent acquisition for WWE for a long time. Yeah, but that shows that no matter what, Tony Khan is trusting the talent acquisition, and talent acquisition is trusting Tony Khan to use it because you don't. It doesn't matter what your talent acquisition does. If you're the big boss, you get the final say. So that's why 
McMahon still has all that power hold because he makes all the rules. So I like that, that AEW's, I'm going to say it's like a symbiotic relationship. Like they're trusting each other and it shows in their content. Yeah. I, Even I, if, sure, go ahead. I was just going to say that I, I agree with you on that. Yeah. And, and then talk about another part of AEW with like Brody Lee. Like he fought John Moxley. He lost to John Moxley. We talked about that. Yeah. It was a good way to protect your, your person. But now if you look at it, like they haven't buried him kind of like what other productions would have done. Yeah. Like he's got a thing working with Colt Cabana. Yeah. And now they're going to elevate each other up because Colt Cabana is a really great wrestler. You know, he's one of those wrestlers that you didn't really know about. Yeah. Unless you follow the independent scene. Or if you follow ROH, they're so independent. I don't right. care what anybody says. But now he's over here, and they're telling a good story. Like, he's a great wrestler. Yeah. He just hasn't been able to get over the big hurdle. So now look what he got on Firefest. It's him and Brody Lee versus, SCU. who is it? Uh, SCU. Yeah, SCU. What, what, uh, yeah. what I love about that one is that a couple of weeks ago, um, yeah. Dark Order was attacking SCU, and Colt Cabana came in, in their defense and helped them out. Mm-hmm. And against the Dark Order, and now the you know it's switched. So now yeah. he's with the Dark Order. Now God, they're taking such a good story. So that, that's it's to such me a good story. To me, that that says a lot about Tony Khan and his group. So I mean, that, that's good mm-hmm. storytelling. It is, and 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 like I said, people will tell you like the like the WWE fanboys or the people that that just want to poop on it. The mm-hmm. same thing happens with WWE. You have the you have the. AEW fanboy stuff like they they want to say like the biggest thing they say is AEW oh it's it's great but they're still not doing storylines there's so many seeds that they're planting yeah and they're coming to fruition but unless you actually are looking for them you don't see them and it's so it's just so good and I'm very happy that they're but they're letting them they're nurturing them and they're letting them develop naturally and that's yeah. why you may not see it because you got to look for it kind of like if you look at it they let Braun Strowman nurture naturally, like in WWE, and here, here, here. So, but AEW, they're doing very good. They're not just pushing someone down your throat. They're letting it nurture, letting yeah. you see it come to fruition, and then boom, there it is. Great example. So, I do. Great example of that is Orange Cassidy against Chris Jericho. Oh my God, that is that, like, that was like a big buildup for that one. It was like great. I, mm-hmm. I love it. And so, people, and I like it too because. He, uh, the thing with Orange Cassidy is, is he, his whole gimmick is I'm relaxed until you push me and then I can show you that I can wrestle. And a lot of people say, Oh, Orange Cassidy can't wrestle, blah, 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 blah. But did you see that Superman punch he threw? Yeah. Like that was a really good Superman. And, and if you even look at it, like when he does the moves with his hands in his pocket, when's the last time you saw a really big name in the WWE do any moves like jumping off of your back? with your hands in your pockets or yeah. doing a front flip and rolling like smoothly, like parkour level yeah. with your hands in your pockets or roll and, you know, do a front flip and then roll out of the ring without hitting the ring and getting caught in it. Like he is an amazing athlete and he is an, he is an amazing wrestler. And you know, and what, I'm very happy. You know, what's great about him too, is that he doesn't need to do a promo to get over and he doesn't need nope. to, to talk a lot to get his point across, whether he's 
happy or he's mad or whatever you know mm-hmm. it's like you know facial he, features yeah whenever whenever he was rolling away from like pack whenever pack was trying to do his, mm-hmm. his finisher and he would roll it and mm-hmm. pack, pack got uh, down off off the off the ring walked around and he would just like he turned and looked at him and just smiled and then rolled back into yep. the ring to me, that was <laughs> that sold everything to me i said man that's that's great that's great storytelling but and that's one thing about AEW is they're not trying to, if you look at a lot of the promotions, like, oh, okay, I know your, I know your storyline. I know your gimmick. We're just going to change that and make you into this. They're not doing that. They're like, yeah. you, this is what brought you to the dance. We're going to let you still do that. And whenever you do that, it, it, it shows the genuineness kind of like if you ever listen to like Paul Heyman, when he talks, he says everything he says, the reason why you believe him is he believes 95% of the things he says. Yeah. If you're going to be genuine, you have to believe it. So with them letting them be who they are, they don't have to try to pretend to be this when they're not really this. They're, they're this, that's how they're presented, and now they're comfortable. They, they, they believable, they, they, they believe what they're doing. And then that just shows on the TV and it makes everything more believable in a sport where you have to use your imagination. So I really like that. Let's, uh, let's jump over to NXT. Okay. Um, um I wanted to ask you this question cause I was kind of confused yeah. because I think I, I missed when I was in South Dakota, I didn't get a chance to watch NXT. Yeah. So NXT, uh-huh. NXT cruiserweight champion, did he take the mask off Santos? Yes. Fair? You missed it. Yes. So I, I while saw, you were gone, I saw that. I go, what the hell? Uh-huh. Cause I, yeah, I, I like his mask. Uh, let me tell you something. Um, so the man that we have done research, my crack team of wrestling researchers, which is, uh, just me, myself, um, <laughs> the man who is actually King Cuerno. <laughs> yeah. The man who's actually King Cuerno, not Damian Priest King Cuerno. Um, just a second. Oh, it looks really good, baby. Good job. Sorry, my daughter showed me a picture she made for my for my mom for mother for her birthday. Nice. Anyways, um, yeah. So what happened is is the first week we didn't do anything. Um, they they showed the thing where uh, where uh, Drake Maverick. Uh, was trying to be his friend. Yeah. And then the next week um, he came out because that guy showed that thing where he like slammed him on the table and he came out and he's all like, Oh, joke on you, joke on you. I'm going to win that, that cruiserweight title from you, blah, 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 blah. And then the two mask guys that kept trying to kidnap everybody got in the ring. Yeah. So Jake Maverick is like, Oh, I'm going to help protect you. And then, King Cuerno kind of went off to the side and then, yeah, I, exactly. I don't, I don't know his real name, but he's King Cuerno in Lucha Underground. I call him King Cuerno. Um, he, they were going to attack him and then he's like, I'm going to fight with you because even though you're my enemy, these people are my enemy. And then they all just turned on Drake Maverick and then he beat up Drake Maverick and then he tore off his mask. And then his two associates tore their mask off, but then they all introduced themselves. So I thought it was really cool. Um, sorry about that. Um, but yeah, that's what happened there. And then um, he did that. And then he talked about how he does his mask is going to define him. He is your cruiserweight champion. Um, he's going to make his own name basically is what he said. Um, I'm not, I don't know if I'm a fan of that. 
I love, now here's the thing. I mean, everybody, it's, it's the story that they tell, yeah. um, you know, I'm not, it's like, uh, you know, my heritage is Lucha, but I'm going to make my own name. I mean, that's yeah. the story they tell in all different circles. But when he took his mask off, I was like, oh my God, Kid Cronin's a badass. Like I saw his, it's not like, it's not like Excalibur. I've seen a picture yeah. of Excalibur without his mask on and I, and I, and I want to, I want to punch his face repeatedly. I don't like, I don't like Excalibur without a mask. Like he looks smug and arrogant, but when he took off his mask, yeah. he had the, he had the villainous smug arrogance. And I'm like, Oh my God, he's a good bad guy. Like immediately sold me with the facial expressions. And I was like, I like this guy. So yeah, um, he's making it work for himself. Um, the best match of the night was, uh, that, that three way with, uh, Balor, oh. um, Keith Lee. Oh my gosh. And, uh, and Gorgano. Yeah. That was the best match. Yeah. I love that one. That was really, really good. <sighs> I mean, I so good. Keith, so Keith, good. Keith Lee can move so quick, man. He's he's like a polecat. Dear God. He's like, he's like 15, 10, 15 year ago, Samoa Joe TNA fast. Yeah. And he's like, he, he's really good. Hey, he can do I could do so many moves that you don't think a big guy should be able to do. I really love Keith Lee. Um, so they're really like pushing I, him. They're really pushing him. Yes. Yes. And uh, now I'm confused and I'm torn because he won that match. And next week is winner take all. And yeah. we've talked about this. If you take the title, if you take the title from Adam Cole, where's he going to go? I've heard him say repeatedly, if he if he ever has to leave NXT, he'll go to another another promotion. Yeah. And they're not gonna lose one of their biggest draws. But if you make Keith Lee lose, what is he gonna go for? Yeah. So I don't know what's gonna because he has made the NXT in North American title. Like I understood it was held by the Undisputed Era, and that was all part of a storyline, like everybody's gold. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but I mean, I don't know if you take it from him, what are you going to do now? Granted, they could take it from him, and then their next big takeover, it could just be Adam Cole and XT American championship versus him. He doesn't have to put both back on the line. Yeah. So I don't know. It's interesting, but yeah, both of them amazing pushes and they're both really great athletes. So I'd be interesting to see what happens. On that match, yeah, WWE's not going to let Adam Cole go. No, God, no, they, so, they can't. And that's why Tommaso Ciampa isn't ever leaving NXT because he said he would go somewhere else too. Yeah. And I mean, if you look at the track record, they're not wrong. Why would you get the curse of the call up for them to destroy your character and be yeah. a mid Carter? Um, but here's the thing, Dexter Loomis. We have uh, just briefly. He is. So amazing! He like is. he's in Roddy, he's in Roddy Strong's head, and that whole match psychology of I got uh, we have um, Kyle O'Reilly back. We're we're a family. I'm going to do this. So then Bobby Fish comes out and he's like gets in. He's like, nope, not going to do this. He's like, no, I got this. I'm going to go in. Nope, nope. You know what I'm saying? Like like Roddy Roddy Strong. You know Dexter Loomis is is great. He doesn't yeah. say a word. He has that million yard stare, but Roddy Strong selling the fear. Like, it's one thing to be yeah. fearful, it's another thing to pretend to be fearful. And Roddy Strong is doing really great. Like, he's tapped into some underlying angst that he has. And he, and I believe that he's really afraid and fearful of 
of of uh, uh, Dexter Loomis. But then when he turned it on Bobby Fish and then scared Bobby Fish and he ran off, I was like, "This is so good!" Like one man is is systematically tearing UE apart just by staring at them and not saying a word. I know, and it's just so good. He's bringing creepy back. <laughs> And, and it's a good creepy too. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. What we talk about, like, like when's the last time you heard Dexter Loomis cut a promo? I never have. <laughs> never. Velveteen Dream had one and he snuck up behind and put the picture and then went away. That was silent comedy at its yeah. finest. I loved it. And then I got mad whenever Dexter, whenever Velveteen Dream tore it up. I was like, why are you tearing? That was a great, whoever drew that was amazing artist. I'm like, yeah. you've torn up a great picture. Uh, but before we get off it, I want to talk about, um, the destruction, uh, it's not destruction. I'm just, I'm just not very happy because the whole COVID thing has yeah. impacted AEW now. Like, I don't know if at fighter fest, if they're going to have a world title match. Yeah. Uh, rumor, rumor has it. Mox is going to be, it's going to be clear by then. So, um, they but may- if it's fourteen days, it's close. You you have to be pushed to the to the July eighth showing. Yeah, they they probably they probably will. They're probably pushed them into the the second night. Maybe when's, when's yeah, it has to be because July first is in fourteen days. Yeah, because this is this is the beginning of of we. This is this uh this Thursday will be like like towards the end of the second week because yeah. they didn't talk about it until I think two Sundays ago. So I don't know. It's just, it's, it's crazy because uh, they said there's like two dozen people. And if you look, I saw a thing about it where they were like, this isn't good. Cause the night Matt Riddle debuted, that was, that was right around the time that they found out that she had tested positive. So you had AJ Styles in the ring. You had Matt Riddle. You had everybody around it. You had like three yeah. quarters of your roster. So it's just, it's nuts. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. That's going to be, it's going to be strange. Yeah. <clears throat> let's, uh, let's jump to SmackDown real quick. Okay. Yeah. I didn't get to watch any of it. I heard that they showed the Boneyard. Did, did you watch SmackDown? Yeah, I watched it. It was like it was. It was really like, to be honest with was you, was it edited? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Okay. It was. It was. It was edited, and they had like a, a four way with uh, the girls, and they had like a they had like a eight man tag, and then they had one single match with uh, yeah, um, Hardy and uh, and Corbin, and that was pretty much it. Yeah, I mean, what they, was the tribute match? The uh, tribute match was uh, the Boneyard one. The thing it said tribute match. Then it, I didn't see the the colon, so I thought it was a match as a tribute, and then oh, the boneyard oh, match. So no, I was no, like, no, no, they uh, uh, Hardy tributed the uh, the match to beating Corbin to to the Undertaker. He he that makes sense. So, but after uh-huh. after he beat Corbin, um, who else came? I think uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Riddle came in and finished off after after. Hardy pinned Corbin. Uh, Riddle uh-huh. came in and did his finisher on him, and then um, what's his name? Braun Strowman came in and did the slam on him too. And <laughs> they were just they were just pick, they were just picking on him like really really bad. But um, but it was to be honest with you, it was the the whole night was pretty much like you know just 
WWE superstars talking about the Undertaker. So it was. Well, I mean, I saw the little report about it where he said unless there's like a pinch, he doesn't want to be in the ring anymore. Which I think that was like twelve years ago. He should have said that. Yeah, I think. I think the Boneyard match is a good match to go off on, though, because like and he's talked about it. Yeah, he's. I've heard him talk about it. He said like that was his idea of ending his career. Yeah, because like when that match was over, he was that match was like the top tweet uh, mm-hmm. for a couple days. I mean, that one was, and yeah. people were talking about you know he's back. And so if I were, no. if I were to retire, that's the way I want mm-hmm. to go out. But you got to remember, though, it's easy to retire whenever... Because if you read about the Boneyard match, like, he had, like... Like, I don't know the exact percentage, but it was, like, 75 to 95% of the creative control. So when you have that much creative control, it's easy to have your going away. But it it didn't work as well. It it wouldn't have worked as well as it would have if AJ Styles wouldn't have been, like, whatever you say. Right. That's what it needs to be because if you're if you're going to do that, like if if you're like the Undertaker, and you know AJ Styles, he is a match enhancer. He talked about it on the Broken Skull sessions. Yeah. If you look at any of his matches, he is a match enhancer. Whether he was the TNA X Division Champion, Impact World Champion, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. he either makes the match enhances it as the champion because he's working with the other person or he's a support player making it a, you know, an amazing match. So you have to have that person that would be like whatever you want, but they also have to make you make your dream a reality. So I think AJ Styles was the perfect person for that. Yeah. To make it as great. Cause if it had been anybody else, I don't think the Boneyard match would have been yeah, as think, great as it was. I think the way it says a lot about AJ right there, because AJ AJ's he's great in the ring. He can work with anybody, but AJ had had to slow himself down just to yeah. just to be up, you know, next to the Undertaker. And if I was AJ, mm-hmm. I'd be, I'd be honored that that was you know the Undertaker's last match. Yeah, I was his yeah. Because Roman Reigns was supposed to be it, but Roman Reigns couldn't. <clears throat> Roman that was a good match. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but he's Roman Reigns is not a match enhancer. He cannot. No. Now, now when he wrestled with Braun Strowman. That was to me. That was Roman Reigns' greatest matches. Yeah. Um, but no, AJ Styles. I don't think anybody on that roster. Maybe Daniel Bryan yeah. is the only other person I could think of that's a match enhancer. Kenny but Omega. Yeah, that Kenny Omega. Okay, well, yeah, but he's not in WWE oh, now, okay. is he? I'm, <laughs> I'm saying on. No, I'm saying on the roster. If you yeah. look on WWE's roster, the only other person I don't, there's not that many match enhancers. There's people who have great chemistry with each other, but like a universal match enhancer, there's not that many. I mean, I can only think of like AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan. I think, um, I think Cesaro, uh, Cesaro could be there if they give him an opportunity. They don't, they like him as a mid Carter. Yeah. But, but that's what I'm saying. But no, I like it. And I, I was watching one of the things he talked about on his little special that he has. And he talked about it where he said like uh, Roman Reigns was supposed to be his final match, but he looks at that and he heard people snickering and he got mad and he said, I'm going to make my last match the way I want it. And then four, three years later, boom, Bungard match happened. So, but I was very happy with that match. I thought it was really good for being a cinematic match. Yeah. 
that's it had to go that had to be the way because if it was a pure wrestling match no wrestling matches at this point in his life will be the one that puts him over it had it had to have been that cinematic match if i was roman i'd be pissed <laughs> I, I know I am. I would be, yeah, so. of course, because he retired with his little gear, and then he came back the next year. So yeah, no, I would be very mad. <laughs> so so <anyway>. bad. <clears throat> hey man, it's it's great to be back talking to you about wrestling. Man, I agree. I, I just like talking to you. I didn't talk to you for two weeks. My kids were asking, it's "Like, Daddy, are you doing that podcast still?" I'm like, yeah, he's, he's working vacation. Oh, okay. <laughs> She just asked me that today. Daddy, are you going to podcast with your friend? I'm like, yep, sure am. <laughs> oh, okay. So, uh, I yeah. I haven't met your kids, but I love them already. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I feel the same way about your nephews. Like, yeah. I haven't met your nephews, yeah. Stephen's kids, but I love it when you guys talk about them because I'm like, oh. And then there's sometimes there's those videos that you, that uh, that his wife shared and then he shared or yeah. that you are tagged in. I'm like, oh, these kids are amazing. Yeah, I'm. So, I got them. I got them to both say too sweet. They both say too sweet. That's so. awesome. My my kids. That's the same way with the iconics. Like my kids love the iconics. So uh-huh. when you do iconic, they both do the match, and it's funny because because they don't do the same pose. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. like literally, they they like they both like Peyton Royce. Um, but one will do Peyton Royce, one will do Billy Kay, yeah. and they never switch. It's always the same person doing the same one. <laughs> so I think it's funny. I, I love like, it. But I, yeah, I like it. I do. It's great. Anyway, uh, thanks for talking. Um, we'll oh, you're welcome. We'll we'll get you next week. Yes. And say good night to everybody. Good night, everybody. <laughs> I must bid you adieu, and so, goodbye, and good night.